This episode is not swear heavy, although there may be the odd naughty words sprinkled throughout. If this is something you cannot tolerate, please stop listening now. A very warm welcome back to you all to the Beyond Canal Park podcast. This weekend saw very little action for my local teams, with both Devonside and White Hills not having games for one reason or another, while Devon Vale could only muster a point away to Lowly Straths Bay. Now, if you're listening to this episode on the day of release, we still have eight draws left in the Beyond Canal Park podcast January transfer window competition. Still up for grabs are a Bristol City signed shirt by the whole squad, an Aston Villa shirt signed by the European Cup winning team, a ladies hamper, Beyond Hampton Park merchandise, a Colin Hendry and Andy Gorham signed Scotland strip, and the Jurgen Klopp signed Champions League medal. There's still time to enter, it's only a fiver per entry. Give me a shout for details. Just a couple more episodes of the Beyond Canal Park podcast to go for the series, but if you haven't already, or if you're new to the show, you can look back on Apple or on Spotify and catch up with some of the extensive back catalogue. Please feel free to message me on our Facebook, Twitter or Instagram pages too with any guest suggestions for future episodes or general feedback comments on the show. We're happy to hear from everyone. Okay, on to this week's guest. I've got Nairn assistant manager Mike Ray joining me to talk through his career in the game. He chats to me about his Highland roots Signing for Glasgow Rangers and first team involvement there during the eight and nine in a row seasons. He reminisces about developing under Andy Gorham and being kept in his toes by Mark Haitley and Paul Gascoigne. He opens up on a sore ending to his time at Rangers and standing up for himself with Bomber Brown. Mike also chats to me about his time in the Highland League, helping to restore the fortunes of both Bucky Thistle and current club Nairn County. Mike also names the best eleven that he played with during his career. And here's what he had to say. I'm joined on the Beyond Canal Park podcast this week by a man who spent seven years at Glasgow Rangers as an understudy to the likes of Andy Gorham and trained with some of the greats like Paul Gascoigne. He then returned to the Highland League and played his part in turning around the fortunes of both Bucky Thistle and Nairn County before heading into coaching. A man who loved his football and whose former teammates and gaffers say had an excellent attitude towards the game is, of course, Mike Gray. Mike, how are you doing this evening? I'm fine, James. How are you? Very well, thank you. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate the time. No, thank you. Um, it's lovely to be asked. Um, heard some of the previous ones with some of the guys I played with, played the dance. So it's it's nice to nice to be asked. Um, hope my stories are just as much fun as theirs. I'm sure they will be. Uh, I, I know you're a busy man uh, getting new gyms set up and that, so I'm glad we've managed to squeeze it in. <laughs> yeah, no, work, work's been busy in the gym, so all good. No bother. Well, I always like my guests to, to take me back right to the start, where the love of Fitba began. Sure. Well, actually, um, I, I first kicked the ball when I was with Suzaker Watt, basically. My dad my dad put a ball at my feet and that was it. Um, loved football ever since. My dad used to watch a lot of football. Aye. I used to sit sit with him, watching a lot of the games. Um, really started when I was really into watching Liverpool. My dad was a big Liverpool okay. fan. Uh-huh. Um, Did you follow so- his footsteps? No, yeah. I, I, to be brutally honest, and people people give me a, people give me jip for this, but I, I'm actually a football fan. Ah, okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't support a team. team. No, 
Um, I, I do have soft spots for some of the teams that I've played with, uh, or yes. low, or my local teams, stuff like that. But mm. I look at for the results first. But generally, it's I just love watching football. Um, I watch a game if it's enjoyable, great. If it's not, I'll <laughs> turn off. Type thing. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, a good game of football. I'm happy. Are you born and raised Inverness way, or was it further um, up? Born- no, I'm born in Inverness, lived Aye. just outside Dunwall, um, in a little village, Maidenborough. Um, okay. Really, really good amateur football team back in the day. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, born and raised there. Um, went to school, Maidenborough Primary School. Um, that's where I sort of really started playing my football. Um, played mm-hmm. centre forward, believe it or not. Typical goalkeeper, uh-huh. you know. Started up um, front, eh? <laughs> Worked your way back. Exactly. <laughs> as I lost my fitness. <laughs> but no, um, frustrated striker, as they used to call it, mm. you know. Um, yeah. So no, we played this, played it up front, played centre forward until primary school, and then it wasn't until I sort of left left primary school, age of twelve, just turned thirteen, that I actually played in goals for the first time. Okay. I hadn't played in goals before that. Okay, because um, I was going to ask you, always a goalie. So yeah, your heroes wouldn't have been goalies back then, then. No, no, it was the likes of Kenny Dalglish, mm-hmm. um, uh, David Cooper, uh-huh. uh, Paul McStay, and even Ali McCoyst, and those boys were the sort of Scottish boys mm-hmm. at the time, and Graham Souness, those were the boys I sort of watched uh-huh. and sort of idolised as a, as a child growing up, but um, <laughs> no, yeah, it was, prim- it was primary school and just played up front, I uh-huh. really enjoyed it, and then... I played a game for a local youth team, uh, playing in goals. Cause I joined the local youth team, and I was it wasn't in a game as a twelve-year-old playing for under sixteens. I was I believed I should be playing. Obviously, at that age, you're four years younger. You but, let uh, you let there never a volunteer to go in goals because exactly. you never get you again. Exactly, nobody else. They were like, "Oh, the goalies don't turn up." Do you fancy a game? Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, look, "I bought a game. I'm desperate to play." So yeah, I went in goals, and I actually enjoyed it. Uh-huh. And I think that's that's my caught the bad. I mean, I did quite well. I lost a few goals. <laughs> but um, I, I did quite well. My dad was watching. He said I did quite well. He said, he said I thought I was a natural. So I was like, oh well. Here we go. Let's, try, let's, let's try this again. So um, that was it. I went into high school, Dunwall Academy. Mm-hmm. And then I went, well, I've got an option here. I can play, play at field or play in goals. So I just went, oh well. I, I quite enjoyed that. So let's try it. And right. that was it. Uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> go, goalkeeping's in the family blood because your brother was a goalie in the Highland League as well, wasn't he? Aye, um, running joke uh, in the local village and the the family. Um, who, who, who's the best goalkeeper in the family? It's, it's, been, it's, been, it's been going for a number of years uh-huh. now. Who are the best head to head then? I think I have. I have to check the records. <laughs> They're both claiming. I think I remember correctly, he's only beat me once. Oh, well. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Martin as well. He played with Clark and played with Forrest Aye. in the Highland League. Yes. Um, had a few good running battles over the years, a bit of banter, but <laughs> we, all, we all also played for the local amateur team. My dad was a goalkeeper. Um, he okay. was Ross County when he was a youth as well, hmm. and then he had a bad injury, and he then played the local amateur team as well. So we all, all started off, we all played for Ross uh-huh. County. Youth and then all played for the local Maybara Village amateur football team when we were at fourteen, fifteen. So, yeah, that's that's where I basically that's started my football team. Yeah, and, um, and it was eventful youth career which culminated in a a Scottish Cup win, which was historic really for for that area. I think you said that it was the first team to win it for, for up there. Yeah, um, we were the first team out with the sort of Aberdeenshire area mm-hmm. and the Central Belt to win the Scottish Cup at any right. level. Um, no other, no other team from the Highlands has won it. So we won the Scottish Schools Under 18 uh, final at Hamden. Uh, beat Brilliant. Cardinal Newman one 0 in the final. It was fantastic. It was great. Lots of buses of Amazing. fans coming down to watch the game, and yeah, it was only, still the only school from the Highlands ever to win it. So Brilliant. yeah, Aye. so that was, that was a good one. history there. 
<laughs> well, we used to used to play against. We used to have a lot of good battles against the the Banff team back then. Actually, oh, yeah. um, Banff Academy. Yeah. Banff Academy. Yeah. The North North of Scotland teams. We had um, uh, Mr. Nielsen and his um, yes. boys like Craig Stewart. <laughs> a guy, I, I can't remember. Was it Davy Ironside that played? Okay, aye. 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 aye, aye. Some good teams came through there. Yeah, just a so, little bit before my time, but not much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I we used to do battle with them, and like the, as the Banff, the Banff team was a sort of pick for the the North of Scotland select. That we just we were under 15s and we had a really good run Aye. in the, the regional. So we got to the final, we got beaten the final. But um, yeah, it was a really really good under 15 team we had then. But Aye. yeah, and uh, that that team that won the Scottish Cup. Was there anyone else that ended up playing at a decent level? Um, Alan Houston um, okay. played for Aberdeen. He went to Aberdeen for mm-hmm. a, a, about two or three years after um, he left school, um, and then he went back and played sort of for Ross County a little bit. Um, right, okay. Willie Watt played for Ross County and right. Willie Watt, and then Neil Sintler played for uh, Tally for mm-hmm. a little bit, and then played for Nairn County. So right, that, right. that was a sort of two or three sort of decent right. players, yeah. Highland Highland League level players that were in the team. But yeah, it was a fantastic, fantastic memory. We've got a, all yeah. the boys got a video of it and. We, we talked about it every so often. Mm-hmm. But, um, no, yeah, it was, I mean, it was that. It's an age of 13 to sort of about 16. It was basically playing amateur football. Um, ah, okay. That sort of got me into it. And I think it was amateur football that sort of put me into the stead moving forward because as a goalkeeper, as a 14, 15 year old goalkeeper playing amateur football, <laughs> you were just getting it's battered. A, it's a tough, it's an awkward period for a goalie that, isn't it? Between 12 and, and sort of 16 when you're, you're growing and you're playing in that big goals and you're still. You're still half the height. Absolutely, I mean, you're, still, you're just starting to reach the crossbar at that age, <laughs> and it's um, stuff going. But I mean, you're playing against men who are like in their thirties, forties, and they're just hitting you. Yeah, and yeah. So I mean, it sort of stood me in good stead. I think it's sort of. I always say to a lot of young, young goalkeepers, if you do get a chance as you're go growing up, go and yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. Go and do it because it's one of the best things for you. That uh, toughing you up for Hately, bashing you, training <laughs> with everyone. <laughs> I, that was a, that was a fun one. I'll sort of chat about that in a wee bit, but uh, first 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 time. To with the first team. Wow. <laughs> well, welcome to welcome to man's world, as I was told. Uh, uh, <laughs> you were involved in in Scotland schools and in the youth team through the age groups as well, though, weren't you? That must have another been another proud sort of moment for you and your family. Yeah, it was. Again, um, back then there wasn't an awful lot. There had been a few. I think Brian, Dan, um, Eric Black, um, a few others had come through from sort of the Highland area before me. Um, yeah. But yeah, there hadn't been a few in a while, and mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it was it was nice. It was a nice experience um, mm-hmm. going down to the you go down to the trials down to St Andrews. You play in the North South East West Select, oh, and you look at the list, and you're you're looking at the, the list of all the boys. And that, the North team, I was the only one from the Highlands. The rest was all like Aberdeen, like David oh, Rowson, yes, Tommy okay. Wilson, uh, people like that. All boys that were on the play and mm-hmm. sort of good levels as well. And I'm like, they're all it all says David Rowson, Aberdeen, Tommy Wilson. Aberdeen and I'm going Mike Ray don't let that be and all the other players are like Celtic Rangers yeah. and jeez young, young Tuchter boys from the Highlands and you're just token going token exactly yeah <laughs> and you're just going I'm just not meant to be here but no yeah I got pit um, so it was delighted played under 15s uh, played under 16s and also played under 18 so it was, yeah. it was fantastic I got to play like a few countries played Wales, Northern Ireland, Czech Republic. Played in that tournament in France. You know, got to play against players at the time. You didn't know that were going to become household mm-hmm. names. So, mm-hmm. nice. yeah, fantastic experience. Who were you playing against? Do you remember? Um, yeah, I remember playing. Um, I think we got it here. It was like, the main one was under sixteen level. Because a mm-hmm. lot of that fifteen mm-hmm. boys didn't really know. But played. We played Holland under sixteen down at um, okay. Palmerston Park. Queen of the South. We beat them three one. <laughs> 
and it was the team that had Patrick Clivert, uh, <laughs> Clarence Zudorf, uh, Zenden, Van Nistelrooy, and, and you're just and you're just going at this time. Uh, these boys are supposedly decent. They've reached the UEFA <laughs> final. Some of, final. Well, some of that boys would have won a Champions League a couple of years later. Well, that's Clivert and Zudorf, wouldn't yeah. they? Yeah, they wanted to win it. It was two yeah. years later they wanted to win the Champions League. But, Unbelievable. Uh, it was funny because we played, I remember, it's roughly about the same time, about a year later, we've just had we beaten 3 1. We, When we were the Rangers youth team, we went over to play Ajax in a friendly. Okay. And they, them two had, were still there, Cliver and Zedorf. But they'd grown about five inches and were just, just solid. <laughs> muscle. Uh, and it was just like, you know, what has happened to these? And we're just <laughs> little boys compared what to these. Like, you know? <laughs> and they smashed us 6 1, and you're just going off. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so, yeah, great, great experience. Uh, great experience. Uh, you obviously got noticed, but some of my guests that I've had on uh, said that a lot of talent went unnoticed and wasted for the north of Scotland over the years. Would you agree with that? I would agree, yeah. Um, I think there was a, a tendency from clubs to probably as close far as roughly Aberdeen mm-hmm. area, and they tended to sort of avoid going further north Aberdeenshire um, to the Elgins and the area. It wasn't yeah. until, I think it wasn't really until Cali and County got into the lead mm-hmm. that there was, a, there was maybe a change of thought process because that's when you started seeing more boys from the Highlands getting into these squads or getting picked up by... Yeah clubs and, and, and going down there and whether it was schoolboy form or becoming professionals at some point but yeah I think there was definitely a shift when mm-hmm. the sort of clubs got into the got into the Scottish lead but before that yeah without a shadow of a doubt there was there was an, almost a tendency to say oh well past Aberdeen it's just farmers and that's it and that's a bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly but, so, yeah, you know, that, that's uh, a change uh, so how did the, the move to, to Rangers materialise and I believe there were, there were other clubs interested in you as well <laughs> Hi. Well, um, it was, it was a, as a result of the the trial games at Scotland. Um, mm-hmm. I think I was about the only boy that I said I was unattached. Um, yeah. And Alistair Stevenson, who on to sort of he was a youth coach at Rangers at the time, and then on to Hibs and youth mm-hmm. coach there for a few years. He took through all the, the boys at Derry Reardon and Scott Brennell. He put oh, them right. through. Yes, yes. The Hibs. Really nice guy, Alistair. Um, he 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 asked me to go to a youth tournament in Northern Ireland. Um, the North Island Milk Cup it was 1992 oh yes um, lovely turn and for a boy from I <laughs> from back to the boy from the Highlands the naive uh-huh. naive boy never never been to Glasgow before this type thing you I know uh, yeah, um, you're, you're you're doing a street parade before the tournament, and all the teams are announced. <laughs> and Manchester, you hear this massive shout at the front, and you're, what the hell's going on there? And it's you're told, oh, that's Man United. Oh, Jesus, all right, okay. <laughs> all the fans loving the Man United team. It was the class in class in eighty two. Aye, would have been uh, the same time. <laughs> so yeah, so playing them, and then we're so they, they deliberately put Man United in Group One, and I was in Group Eight ah. <laughs> because <laughs> over over there about the time it was Man United Rangers with a big big draws. That's right. Yeah. And, Aye. So, um, so you're, you're going along the streets at Coleraine, and um, there's literally hundreds of people, and they're all standing watching the parade. And <laughs> all the other teams, the Slovakian national team, get a polite clap, and then Man United are getting this massive cheer. And we, when we come along, and we're saying we're getting this massive cheer, I'm going, "What have I walked into here?" <laughs> I'm completely, I'm just completely at my depth. No idea what was going on, Aye. not knowing the background of the the history of Northern Ireland Rangers and all the rest, of it, and it's just like shapers. So yeah, that was an experience, and then um, playing playing the class in '92 that in that tournament and beating them, beat them. You beat them, eh? I beat them. Won the well, won the won the tournament that aye. year. Quality. And beating Nottingham Forest in the final in front of fourteen thousand people. Just, and you're just going, this is under sixteen. Aye. And 
Anders is doing football game and 14,000 people watching it and cheering on yeah. it. Yeah, it was brilliant. Great experience. So, yeah, that was that. So, um, hadn't signed at this time. Mm. Um, so, you still. get me there. What a buzz. Yeah, but just, you know, <laughs> it was just, oh, Aye. fantastic. But then came back, went back to school. Um, that was the summer. And then Ranger said, okay, we'd like to sign. And I was like, all right, okay, no problem. Um, had, had, had a little chat to Aberdeen, a little chat to Derby County, but okay. there was nothing, nothing really concrete had come from it so just little chat that was it mm-hmm. I'd be interested keep an eye on you type thing but I said okay no problem well, Rangers went no we actually want you to sign yeah. so went through to Eldon uh, one Sunday they were up playing a pre-season tournament Rangers were I think they were playing at Highland League clubs at the time okay. and um, went into Eldon to the Lake Money in Eldon uh, met them there uh, signing on and went home delighted chuffed my dad was delighted big, big Rangers fan as was the youngster okay. so I'm absolutely delighted um, got, arrived back in the, the village my mum comes running out the house I'm going oh, what happened Is someone died or someone <laughs> fired or, or something she goes did you sign did you sign I was like yeah of course I did how and she put her hands on her head she says I've had Liverpool on the phone <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I said literally today Liverpool phoned and trying to get it not to sign so they want to sign me and I, 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 I hadn't spoken to Liverpool before no. Just out of the blue, my mum, obviously back then, no mobile phones. So no social media, no way to contact. But my mum was phoning around the hotels trying to find out which hotel in Eldon they were at and (laughs) trying to get a message to me and unable to get a message. And it's just like, it's always one of those what-if moments, you know. Uh um, I don't don't regret it. Um, Who knows how it turned out. I probably never have got to... Do the things I did, or yeah. work Andy Gordon or That's Alan Hutchinson. You know the the gold. instead. Well, exactly. So <laughs> you might have been in jail. Prince, exactly, the <laughs> Prince himself. So God knows how that would have ended up. <laughs> so yeah, could have been a what if, but there, Liverpool wanted to. It's just kind of funny how things work out. Liverpool wanted to sign in the day that I signed for Rangers, but yeah, uh, signed for Rangers that day, and then that was it. I um, finished my studies, went down during school holidays, trained mm-hmm. as. Uh, as a pro during my school holiday type thing. Ah, okay. Then when I left school, signed. Um, that was, and then it all went from there. Uh, it was it was it Suna still at that time, or he he, no. he left by then? Was it Walter Smith? I it was Walter Smith. Aye, um, aye. So it, right in the banner, the it was roughly just after was it six or seven in a row. Ah, okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, just at that time when they're at their their peak of their powers, going aye, for the yes. going for the nine sort of thing. So. So success in, in winning was obviously ingrained in, in that club at the time. Yeah, they were during that nine zero period, and that was right down to the youth team that you were involved in. And I think you tell me you won the youth cup two years in the bounce to during your time in the youth team. Yeah, actually, it's kind of funny because a couple of years before I signed, uh, they actually pulled out of the, okay. the youth cup. They didn't actually have a, a team. They didn't have the youth set up uh, in right place yeah. to compete, and they had to actually pull out. Didn't have enough actual youth team players. But, sure. um, j- just at the start of the the nine in a row they were spending all the money on the, the first team type uh-huh. thing so um, ironically we were the first first Rangers team to win the, the Scottish Youth Cup or the BP Cup as it was called then okay. uh, yeah we won it two years in a row um, first year was that we had Charlie Miller uh, Craig Moore that type okay. of boys uh-huh. playing with us um, Greg Shields and Lee uh, Greg Shields and Steve, uh, Scott Wilson also boys who wanted to have a, sort there, of, yeah. a bit of a career in the, at the club and also elsewhere but, Char- um, Charlie Miller was some player was he I've heard a couple uh, of boys on, on podcasts that played with him saying that they, like talent wise there wasn't a many better than him 
Yeah, um, at the time, Charlie uh, Miller was, was 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 miles ahead of everyone else uh, at that at that age and that level. Yeah, miles miles ahead. He obviously went off the rails a little mm. bit um, as he progressed into the first team, but at the time, yeah, fantastic footballer. It just shows really. you you need more than talent, eh? Well, that's it. <laughs> talent, talent, as I said, can only date so, so far. I mean, like the boy I mentioned, the boy Greg Shields, mm. um, was never the, the, the best footballer, Aye. but worked really hard at his okay. game and Aye. got into the first team, had a bit of success and Aye. was Mr. Consistent when he played, you know. Dan yeah. Flash, Dan Special, just worked r- really hard, but yeah. Um, won, the, won the BP Youth Cup the first year. We were mm-hmm. down playing Airdrie in the final. They were 3 1 up a half time, and I hadn't, hadn't experienced um, John McGregor and, <laughs> and his famous mad dog um, moments, as they called him. But that was the very first time I'd seen it, and I'd, it was just, it was the equivalent of the Alex Ferguson hairdryer type thing. Um, okay. <laughs> it was brutal. I was like, again, being that young boy still at school. Mm-hmm. Um, I was still in school at the time when I first won it. Um, but yeah, okay, yeah, in the first first half, 3 1 down to Airdrie, he went mental as. <laughs> Tore shreds of us, things were getting flung around, the, the tees were getting spilt, and he actually booted one of the metal. Um, Kit hampers and this thing is solid metal. <laughs> and boy, you could see he was in pain. <laughs> he started sort of <laughs> trying, to, trying, trying to shout a little <laughs> at the same time. And you could see some of the boys, I mean, they beat three one, and their heads are down. And all you see is the, shoulder, the shoulders <laughs> going like that. They're laughing, and I'm just going to where'd I look? Where'd I look? <laughs> and then you go back and say, Don't want to go back in and face that. And yeah. Charlie Miller took control of the second half, and we won. One five three, and all you see is John McGregor jumping about, hobbling as he's trying to. Turns out he broke, he broke his foot. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> broke his foot. The metal hamper was never the same again. So we used to take that with us to all games, just to remind them of of that moment of him just battering this metal hamper. So yeah, Golly. fantastic. So and then, I didn't go. Sorry. No, and then we won it again the next year. We beat St Johnston in the final two 0 and that was the team we had. Sort of Barry Ferguson was the sort okay. of standard for that. Uh, he obviously he wanted to have the the big career that he did, but mm-hmm. yeah, fantastic. But yeah, that was the start of it. Had a bit of success. We won the youth lead. We won the sort of Glasgow Cup. So it was quite. It was, and having mm-hmm. won around that cup, there was sort of a, a quite a successful youth sort of reserve mm-hmm. team mm-hmm. at the time. And uh, did the the youth team reserves? Did they play Ibrox often? Or were you getting decent Not- crowds at games? And- not often. Most of the, the youth team uh, reserve games back then were played at Bathgate. Okay, um, right. Bathgate Juniors. Um, and they used to get a, a, a few fans, used to get some hardcore ones, mm. lovely guys who used to attend pretty much every game. It was fantastic. Lovely to see, but yeah. you, you, normally, you normally play in front of maybe 100, 200 people with that. So, yeah, it was, it was an experience still. But, um, yeah, you normally got all the reserve games played against just sort of <laughs> people coming back from injuries. Uh, yes. Aye. All the good, all the sort of good players on these teams for Kamara and Hearts, Celtic, all the rest of it, you know. So, but uh, you also mentioned uh, Barry Ferguson, Scott Wilson, Barry Nicholson, who went on to great careers. That yeah, was in that team, youth team that you played. But who were you playing against that, that, uh, regularly that that would go on to have great careers then in the youth? Um, well, I wouldn't say there was anyone that stood out as in great career. There was, yeah. there was a lot of good, honest pros. Um, mm. Uh, Stephen Thompson, who's now obviously a pundit in sports, oh, he, he was at Dundee United. Um, uh, the boy Lee, Lee McCulloch, uh, Kenny Miller, Scott Brown, um, all these guys, really, really good, 
sort of solid careers in, in, in the game. Um, so yeah, that was the sort of age group and the guys that I was playing against on a mm-hmm. regular basis. Um, so yeah, a lot of lot a lot of good players at team three. You you, you, you can see that they were standout players for their teams. Um, so yeah, did uh, did your time coincide with we Scott and, and Levi's that were went doing their up here? Or were you actually, after believe them? it or not, I just literally I think it was a couple of years after them. It was, I think it was two years after them. I was. Um, I think I just signed the S form when the year that they had left. Okay, um, yeah. I so just missed out. I mean, some of the boys, yeah, some of the boys still know them and talk about them mm-hmm. in that. So uh, do, you know, do you know Levi's? As if, as if, as if the Highlands is you only know like the Hi, everyone knows everyone. Hi, like, you must know Levi. You must know Scott. Actually, no, I don't. Or they live or 200, 200 miles away. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, I. So a lot, of the, a lot of the boys down there still thought that Scotland ended at Perth. I think <laughs> you got the you got the chance to uh, to play with them later on. Anyway, though, didn't you? Aye, yeah, got come to that. But uh, yeah, that's uh, it must have been some time to be associated with Rangers, though. Then it was they were winning everything in sight, and the the list of players that were there around those yeah. times is, is meant. I mean, that's the one thing my dad did say to me back when I was younger. It was it's one of the senses he was worried. Since I stayed on at school an extra year, so he was worried that I would potentially not sign as if ah, I would. Okay. <laughs> but he's like, "You'll regret it. You'll regret it." And you know what? He was right. I, I probably would have regretted if I didn't sign. But uh-huh. yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't take many games of the first team. I was involved with the first team squad an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Um, trained pretty much every day. Um, was in a lot of first team squads and the bench a few times, more than a few times. Um, but just training every day and being in around that. Um, environment mm-hmm. probably transformed me to be brutally honest because being, the, being this, this Tuchter Highlander and <laughs> all the rest of it back then like I said back then you, you didn't know how half the stuff that goes on down there you don't know the lifestyle of the whole Aye. just Celtic being in Glasgow type thing um, how just how big how big a club Rangers actually were at the time and um, but yeah uh, it, was, it was it was probably the making me turn, sort of turned me from this sort of shy mm-hmm. shy boy into a much more sort of confident person mainly on the football field <laughs> a different personality on the field and off the field type thing but yeah um, sort of transformed me and made me made me a much better person and a much better goalkeeper for sure yeah. and so getting to getting to train every day against them with them yeah. uh, getting to watch Andy Gorham uh, playing against Loud Drop McCoy yeah. Richard Goff in the same teams as we'll come to it's no, um, uh, it's no secret in this podcast that you know, I grew up a Rangers fan, and uh, yeah, just yeah, naming all the heroes from my childhood. There, I'm, I'm pretty jealous sitting here. <laughs> to me, I mean, this is ironic, but I don't, I don't think of them like that. No. I think of them as, as teammates, teammates and guys I knew. And to me, it was never a big deal. Aye. And I don't mean that in a, a come across That's as a, an arrogant way. It was just, just as it was. To me, it was just, it was McCoy, it was Christy. I would share a car with him sometimes when we went to go get treatment at the hospital. We talked oh, about yeah. his life, talked about his family. Because his wee one had a heart problem at the time. And he was to tell you all about it. It's just as right. if you were just you just knew them, and it's just to me that was it. And I I, I never understood till afterwards. Cause I would come home and people say, "Oh yeah, did you see this?" And I, yeah, I was with them. I was, I was there. <laughs> and it's just it was just normal. Uh, it's just life um, for you. Yeah, and I, I, and sort of it wasn't until afterwards you realise actually, you know what, this was a big thing. Uh, and being part <laughs> of it was starting to turn around and saying. I, I did it. Okay, I didn't break into the first team all as much. I didn't make a career at that level, but I didn't try and say, well, I was in there, I was there, and I spent the, the, the seven years at the club. So, nah. 
Yeah, um, so it was a massive experience. First time I sort of touched on um, first ever session. Mm. My first year at the club, a few goalies were injured. So in the first training session, playing Mark Haley, um, first cross ball, I was like, okay, I'll come and take that, it's mine. <laughs> Shouted for it, and then Nitz and I end up in the net. And I was like, just dazed. I was like, what just happened there? And he literally just smashed into me and banned me into the net. I, I still held I still held the ball for. <laughs> so when my dad would be yeah, happy, lying in the bottom of the bottom of the bottom exactly. of the net. Exactly, I'm in the bottom of the net, tangled up, feet everywhere, and I've still held the ball. All of the Fincroft, my dad will be proud. I held on to it, <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah um, very much sink or swim. We some of that boys, Haitley McCoy, Goran Durant, and that it's on and it off the field yet to grow up fast. <laughs> yeah, off the field, uh, some of the stuff was incredible. But yeah, on the field, you just got to learn what winners, everything that they did, whether it was a training drill, match. Uh, game in training it was the winner's mentality was there and it was uh, brutal it was sink or swim you had to go on with it and you had no it was like tough shit you're into this sort of right. thing pardon my language but um, tough you're into this deal mm. with mm. or hate like that welcome to the bid boy son as you walk past <laughs> me and I'm lying there my shoulders and bits and <laughs> a bit bruised revs and I'm just going what just happened I got up and they're just going goal mm-hmm. and I'm like I've never, I've never happened. I'm sure that's a free tip, but that just goal. So yeah, that was it. So then I knew then, okay, I'm gonna have to toughen up. Bit <laughs> so. of a compliment for you though that they're just treating you like MD else's wheel though. Yeah, and I think I think that's the thing. That's the whole point. It, it helps put any young player coming in sort of almost in their place. Aye, yeah. You know, and you say, okay, okay, it's, it's a compliment in a way that they're treating you exactly like you want to be treated, and you're one of them. But at the same time, it don't get stations above yourself. Uh, yeah. remember, you're, you're new here, you're young, you've got a lot to learn, type thing. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, and it was it was a good learning curve, good learning curve. I learned after that to watch watch what's happening around about me, and <laughs> get my knee up and protect myself, type uh, thing. Getting Ian uh, studs up. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm not sure how closely you've listened to Porgus, but I played uh, quite a bit of my career as a, a goalie, obviously at very low Actually, level. But, um, that, yeah. you know, Andy Gorham, the shape of Andy Gorham, he was definitely my hero. Um, <laughs> but training and developing under him must have been amazing. Who were the other keepers about when you were there? Was, was Snelders, Ali Maxwell, were they are in a bit then? Or? Yeah, um, a lot of them came and went. Aye, yeah, I, yeah. Saw, I saw a few of them. I mean, when I first went in, it was Andy, um, Ali Maxwell and Colin Scott. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Colin Scott was there. Colin left and then it was Theo came in and Theo uh, Snelders was there. Billy Thompson came in at some oh, point as well. Um, so the, in and off the couple of years that those, those guys were in as well. But yeah, I, was, I, I tend to be, I went from being between second and fourth choice, depending on whoever they signed <laughs> over, over the years. So mm. it was like from fourth up to second, back down to fourth type thing, depending on who they, who they signed, when they signed. So, yeah, right. but no, um, getting a train with them, different goalkeepers every day. You got to learn mm-hmm. different styles, different things. Um, I always say that to young players, um, even now when I'm coaching, it's a taste of awesome. mm-hmm. Yeah, no matter what happens. Be your own, be your own player. Whatever you have to, but always look at other players and take the best bits from them, and Aye. see if you can add them to your game. Aye. Something that they do really well, look to take that in. Um, and that, I think that's doing me well because I sort of learned bits from every one of them. Uh, mostly, obviously, Andy Gorham. Uh, just how good was Gorham? Because you know, some games I watched that bear, I just thought he's unbeatable. Yeah, uh, <laughs> even 
for someone who is obviously as built as he was, mm-hmm. the way you would assume that he didn't train, and yeah, you're right, he didn't train <laughs> that much. But when he did train, Aye. again, that it was that same mentality. The man was just phenomenal. Um, him and um, the goalie coach Alan Horstison basically mm-hmm. um, shaped me as, as a goalkeeper because it was it was like Andy's sort of style because everything was about touching the ball okay. Hodge used to say touch, touch, touch everything that you would do would try to touch none of this um, what you see in continental styles now where you parry a lot uh, and yeah. try to clear it into, clear it into wide areas away yeah. from the ball it was a case of you try to touch the ball as often as you possibly can to stop mm-hmm. the danger yeah. watch Gorham in training the similar saves you would make and you're just saying how has he saved yeah. that how has he caught that? There's stuff he's touching, and you're just saying, "Oh, this is phenomenal." So yeah, I mean, reflexes. I mean, because I think partly because he used to play cricket as well. That's right. Aye. The, the reflexes were just incredible. Aye. But yeah, what a man in terms of goalkeeping, just out of this world. Funny, I saw him play in a charity game about two or three years ago. Did it Princess Royal? Uh, I did different Vales pitch, and uh, uh-huh. he still had the reflexes. He didn't have much else, but he still had the reflexes. <laughs> no movement. That sounds familiar. That sounds like me now. <laughs> but yeah, um, exactly what he was. He was a fantastic shot stopper. One of the, the best uh, reflex wise shot stopper. Never the tallest, never the greatest coming for cross balls, but he didn't need to. <laughs> when you had um, people like Richard Goff, Dave McPherson, um, Alan McLaren, uh, John Brown in front of you they would attack everything and then beyond that you weren't getting past them so just just phenomenal and was he so good with you as well? he was brilliant 200 was win um, used to help me he used to do me goalie gloves all the time used to do me tips um, yeah just fantastic treated, treated you like a um, little brother um, so yeah was the, the, the goalies union was well and truly alive as I say um, <laughs> but yeah no, absolutely fantastic Um just everything about him, the order, one to ones. He taught me a lot, a lot about one to ones, how to how to save them type thing. So I took that into my career, and yeah, uh, he shaped he shaped me a lot along with along with Hodge, So, aye, aye. and it was it was high standards across the club. I'm assuming who who set the standards amongst the players, the police themselves. Or? They, I, well, I mean, Walter and Archie didn't have to do much. Oh. Um, just, they went away. Set them up and the boys went. It was they they they, they policed themselves. Right. Um, they obviously policed themselves. Just the amount of times you would end up with seeing them fighting, and <laughs> but it was never it was never it was never like what I call nasty type fighting. It was winners want to win mentality type thing. Yep. They would do anything to win. Um, <laughs> it was, it was, you're talking about a bunch of boys that would, you could honestly try and say to them that if you were going to war, they'd have each other bats at the trenches type thing. You know what I mean? Yes. So it was that that siege mentality as well. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone's against them. They're the, and then they're, they're, sure they're the best. And Oxford did something similar to Aberdeen, I believe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's certainly the same same idea and it's just picking the right players to fit into that it wasn't a case of okay um, there's good players available but if they didn't have that mentality that right mindset they, they weren't going to be at the club so uh, you, you mentioned you were in the, the first team squad for the sort of eighth and ninth title in a row seasons yeah. you must have experienced some great I mean I know it was often for the bench but you must have had some great experiences that couple of seasons Oh, absolutely! It was fantastic being involved, both on training pitch because that's where I was mainly being there, mostly on the mm-hmm. bench and during match days. Aye. The match day experience was fantastic. Um, going to Parkhead is always brilliant. Um, <laughs> the bus from the bus from Ibrox to Parkhead and Jimmy Bell has a playlist. Okay. He, he, he used to he used to drive the bus, okay. and um, the, the police escort from Ibrox 
thousands of fans there to greet you off and, going, okay. and then all the way along through the city centre and Jimmy Bell's got his players going and the players you can see the players almost going to a trance it's like a zone okay. and their feet are tapping and they're just it's almost as if the adrenaline's starting to get going and by the time they get to Parkhead there's thousands of Celtic fans abusing you on the way in <laughs> and Jimmy Bell just turns the way, turns it up and you hear simply the best and the, <laughs> that's all the way into the ground and it's like oh, it's just it's just fantastic just and you can see the players were by the time they got off the bus they were going they could probably take on that thousands of the settled fans mm-hmm. that's, what, that's what it felt like to them you know what I mean aye, just quality. take on the world so yeah but I stuff like um, playing with playing with George Albert um, <laughs> first first um, season he was there and obviously the hammer the hammer and training must have been yeah, tough <laughs> and the worst the worst of it is when you're doing a, you came in one on one once and doing a shooting drill and he's 12 yards out and he just leathers this in and he hits it straight <laughs> at me thankfully and I and I'm, I'm if this hits me, I'm dead. I'm fantastic. <laughs> I don't know what's happened. So I've put my hands up. I'm just put my hands up. Just put my hands on my face and blocked it. And I just about broke my wrists. And I'm I'm like, what's happened there? And all I hear is Walter Smith on the sideline goes, "Effing touch the ball, you!" <laughs> and I look over as if to say, "What? I broke your wrist here?" Right? Yeah, so the look he gave me just as I looked at him, I thought, "No, I'm not looking that way." I just upset my broke wrist and order the day. <laughs> but yeah, you didn't mess with that look. But uh, it was just that dead. That sort of. Aye. Dry sense of humour, and I'm just standing there with brutal rest. George Alberts found his ball in, and oh. um, so yeah, stuff like that was fantastic. Um, Brilliant. And uh, some of that boys, Gaza and McCoy, there must be a few stories to come out of the dressing room for <laughs> trips and nights out, surely. Uh, well, <laughs> you, I wasn't involved me a lot with a lot of this, the the, the real bad stuff you, yeah, you, you heard about it, you know. But <laughs> you, I mean, when you were in that squad towards the end, especially in the end of the road season, there was mm-hmm. the times where the boys would go away after a game and they would go to a, a, a sort of quiet pub. There's a pub in sort of the west, uh, not the west, the east, sort of near city centre, I would say. Oh, Glasgow, okay. quiet mm-hmm. one. They always would go in there together because they knew the owner and nobody bothered them. Ah, okay. So a lot, of, a lot of it was going into these type of things and they all socialised together and yeah. people in this pub sort of protected them and so it was out of the way there was there was not a lot of major issues in towns but yeah a lot of a lot of good good fun sort of stories hearing about the, the sort of escapades that they did up to but <laughs> yeah I mean talking about Walter Smith I mean obviously right. Matt passed away there but yeah. massive respect for him um, right. honest hard but fair I remember the day he signed me and I remember the day he released me <laughs> You know, both in the Grenada's office. So I mean, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Completely open up front, honest. So nothing but respect for the man. But great, great Last man. Act. Yeah, uh, fantastic. Um, obviously, I worked under John Brown and John McGregor as the reserve mm-hmm. coaches. Mm-hmm. When you went to the first team, you get to see Walter at his best and what what he was like, and it's just wow, just very impressive. How he managed, how he managed that team was incredible. Uh, uh, he needed to be. Yeah, that characters. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I had to. It was the day that we were doing. Do you call Mario Jardel? Yes, aye. Yes, um, uh, they, he, were, they tried was, to sign him a few times, didn't they? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was actually there. The I, I was involved with the train set, the infamous train session. Because uh, McCoyst was asked to go up. David Dawes is the coach. Mm. Um, Archie and myself as a goalkeeper to do shooting with him to, to see how he was like. Yeah. So I was up doing the drills and McCoy's is there firing balls in the net. Jardel didn't even hit the target once. 
It was incredible. We t- honestly, David yeah. Dodds and that, and my twice were just looking at each other going, "What are we signing here? <laughs> this boy couldn't hit the target. He was missing headers from four yards. Everyone was going by the post, or he was missed kicking, or completely missing everything." Yet he's gone and done. He left there just going, "This player's not yeah. even good enough to play amateur football." <laughs> yeah, he went on and scored yeah. over two hundred goals and had a great career elsewhere. And he, he must have been putting them off. I don't know what it was, but we, we were just, we, we, I remember speaking to David Dodds a few years later, and we still speak about it, uh, because we were just going, that, that's, I understand it. This, this <laughs> boy, Mario Jardel, fantastic career, but yeah, it couldn't have a barn door. He maybe didn't have fancy it. Maybe through it. <laughs> well, he probably he probably lost the plot because McCoy said to him before that his missus was hot, and then once it was once once it was explained to him what McCoy said, I don't think he was too happy with it. <laughs> Super Ali got in his nut. Ben Man, Ben Man, your your missus, your missus, hot stuff, hot stuff. <laughs> I didn't understand that it was translated. <laughs> Brilliant. So, then, so uh, obviously, Jardel had many European nights. Were you involved in in many uh, with Rangers? Yeah, I was involved. I was on the bench a few times. Um, two games at Ajax uh, or there away, um, and then in the squad quite a lot um, mm. as well. I was in the squad. The, the, I was normally the second or third choice for the Juventus games. Okay. Um, Steel uh Borussia Dortmund, uh, and Grasshopper Zurich. So yeah, it was yeah, fantastic great experience. experience eh? Absolutely. Um, Ajax was was the big one for me because that's Aye. one of the two that was on the bench. Um, and playing at the Amsterdam Arena was just fantastic. At the time, mm. it was pretty much the brand new, okay. modern, modern type stadium. Mm. And it was just, it had the ability to close the roof and all the rest of it. And wow, what facilities. And obviously playing the, playing the Ajax team that went on to become mm. Ajax legends in the day. And, you know, so I did meet Seedorf and Cliver and Edwin Van der Sar and Aye. people like that. It was just phenomenal. They were brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant team. Amazing. So, yeah. Um, did you tell me that you you did get a chance to play in sort of pre-season tournaments, testing rules and things against some yeah. of the world's best? I, I, I've got, um, we went over, it was the season after that, I think we played I at Sitzes, um, a mm. pre-season indoor tournament, sort okay. of Sitzes-side type thing, so I was in the squad for that. Mm-hmm. So you're in a tournament, you're playing Ajax, you're playing AC Milan and you're playing Liverpool. <laughs> so <laughs> we didn't play every game, but you're playing in games, you're getting minutes here there and you're playing against George Weir, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Paolo Maldini, um, yes. Amazing. Stephen Gerrard and Michael Owen and obviously the Ajax boys and you are just saying to yourself these this is this is the level, you know what I mean? These are just world class footballers. Different, just, level, different gravy. Ah, oh, phenomenal. <laughs> and you're going, I'm not, I don't deserve to be, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, that, that, you can't get the boy for the Highlands out you completely. No, you can't. You can't never <laughs> never can and you're just saying to yourself, This is just ridiculous. Uh-huh. But yeah. Did you so. tell me that Bergkamp took a piss of you once or something? Yes, Nigel Winterburn's <laughs> testimonial. That was a disaster. Whose <laughs> um, testimonial was it? Nigel, Win- Nigel Winterburn. Okay, uh, Or Arsenal. Oh, yeah. um, so we down at the old Highbury. Mm. Um, so we sent a team down there because obviously all the English clubs knew and the players knew that if you sent a Rangers yourself to the Aye, team, the fans turned out. Mm. Thousands of the fans would travel down, so make the most of it. But yeah, playing Arsenal, it's two all, but 15 minutes to go. I'd asked to go on. Oh, great, brilliant. Fifty minutes playing this game, fantastic. Mm. However, within two minutes, one on one, Dennis Bergkamp, I got right. Okay, I'll stand up. He's, he's going to try and do something smart here, <laughs> and he dummies me. He goes to dent, and I, mm-hmm. I sort of go spread myself. <laughs> he takes it around me. <laughs> I get 
he pretends to dummy it and then I go diving down the second time and then he just walks around me and just nods it into the net and, <laughs> and everyone's like hey, laughing even oh, oh, shit Smith and Archie are laughing I've just thought what a dick <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Bertram you made me look an absolute twat never forgiven him never, hey. for, never met the driver since but never forgiven him hey, you're certainly not the only person he made no. look a twat over his career yeah exactly but yeah he did that for fun Absolutely, you saw the world goals just going in the World Cup, you know, but fantastic experience cool, getting right. to do. So. And then, again, you were, you were obviously involved in the first team, but did you never get a chance to to go on loan at all? But again, like if it was these days, you'd have been out on loan a few times, probably. It was it was a strange one because there was times potentially I was um, going to be close to going on loan. Um, for example, Ross County, Tally, um, just when they had come into the leagues, I was potentially looking at options. Mm. Um, I think there was also Stranraer, teams like that, there were potentially, but every time it was talked about, someone would get injured and Aye. I'd have to, I'd have to <laughs> stay. So, so, but yeah, no, I, I didn't mind. I, yeah. I mean, obviously, playing reserve football, you're getting to play against Aye. boys Aye. of experience and that. So, anyway, so uh, playing at reserves or playing down at Stranraer or Third of it was third division of football at the time, you know, much as such the same, mm-hmm. to be yeah. honest. So, yeah, 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 I wasn't too bored about it, but yeah, no, I was. Um, you can learn more training with that boys every day than you are going to Stranraer on loan. That's the way I see it. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think to be honest, looking back to hindsight, yeah, definitely learned a bit more that way, but um, yeah, I mean, being on the bench a few times, obviously, the, the, the infamous nine in a row game, Parkhead, okay, uh, was, was, was brilliant. The, Ian Ferguson, Paolo Di Canio. Oh, I, yes. I, moment when, when Rangers did the huddle at the end of the game. Oh, uh, that's right. Did the, <laughs> Rangers 1-1-0. Um, Brian Loudrop scored. Absolutely, You were on the bench um, that day? I was on the bench that day, yeah. Oh, I was I was actually 48 hours away from playing. Oh. Um, to, I was dutted, honestly. To this oh, day, right. I was dutted because Andy Dibble signed. Um, that's right, uh, Yeah, two days before. Oh. I remember I remember in training, John McGregor, two days before, he goes, God, we're going to have to play you in the game. <laughs> I, I parked head. I was like, oh, cheers. Fudge the vote of confidence. <laughs> and I was like, well, hell, I might actually play this. You know, what, what a way to play the first game. I but, tell you um, what, I... I can I suppose you kind of look back, but that's kind of what happened to the likes of Casillas and stuff. He was yeah. thrown in a Champions League game or something. And exactly, it was what happened to him. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, they brought double in. Um, I remember having conversation with Walter Smith many years after I'd been mm. in a coaching course, and I says, "Would you have played me?" And he says, "Yeah, I would have done. If I had, to, I would have done." And yeah. he, he says to me, "You were a victim of victim of circumstances." He said, yeah. "He says you were." Um, Decent goalie. If if it wasn't going for nine in a row, I would have been in. I would have And that's that's good because that's what Hodgie told me uh, as the goalie coach. Aye. He said to me, he'd always push me to play a lot of these games because um, he believed in me, which was fantastic. Um, and he said I was doing that well at the time that I, I deserved my chance. But yeah. Walter and Archie were just as, as Walter said when he spoke to me. He said that we needed to get through the nine in a row. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. As a 19-year-old at the time, he just didn't want to risk it. I, I, I understood, understood that, but yeah, going going to Parkhead, uh, 55,000 people. It was it was brilliant. It was one of the best experiences of my life that day. Um, obviously, winning the game. The but did you get in the huddle? Oh, no, well, I, that <laughs> because I was on the bench, and um, the atmosphere was hostile and. Uh-huh. 
Andy Double was taking quite long at the by kits and I think the referee was in this boot him so Archie Knott says to me take around there and tell me hurry up I'm like are you joking I'm not going around there so honestly you're talking about how to run around all the Celtic fans I'm not going around there just get your fucking arse around there raining coins well that's it Sparta coins <laughs> bottles <laughs> abuse and things like this and being a young lad I started la- nervous I started laughing and I was, don't laugh don't laugh and um, it made it worse I was getting boys coming charging down trying to dare me <laughs> and throw even more and I'm like oh god stop laughing stop laughing <laughs> I'm trying to get around there to Dibble and Dibble's not, not hearing a word I'm saying I'm like hurry up he's like what what hurry up you're going to get boot and then I'm looking <laughs> over and then honestly the bench are pissing themselves laughing because I'm getting abused <laughs> as I'm coming back and it's just like you bastards <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was brilliant. And then obviously at the end of the game, I thought after the abuse I've taken, I'm not getting involved. In that. So no. I, I literally hid in the digit. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I'm not doing it there. I'm not doing it there. <laughs> so I hid in the digit and didn't get involved in the huddle. But yeah, uh, what an experience that was. Experience. The pressure around the club for that nine in a row season must be massive, was it? I it was. Yeah. The, um, the, 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 the players in that moment, the, the, even before there was pressure, they thrived on it. Okay. Uh, being that attitude it had, it was there. The self belief. They, they they were. They were going to win, and they knew they were going to win. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a case of just look. Do, we do everything we can to win this, and the team the team was so close in it uh, yeah, uh, at that yeah. time, so close in it. And then the night where they won it again, I was on the bench up at Tannadice uh, yeah. where we beat where Brian Laddock scored from Charlie Miller's cross, great header. Um, I was on the bench that night, and the celebrations, the relief. It was just like Aye. it was just a wave of relief at the end of it. Then what you don't since what you got in front of the Tarmazer in public was completely different. They were just so relieved. Aye. Aye. Most, the emotions were just just overflowing in that in that. Dream. Afterwards, uh, it was incredible. All of them, there was tears of joy, yeah, tears yeah. of relief, and just fantastic. And then the the bus, the bus trip back from Tannadice that night was rocking. was it was rocking. <laughs> Got to got to George Square. Um, we were told to cut off at George Square because um, there was thousands of fans there. Okay. So right, let's go, let's go to George Square. Got to George Square. There was literally thousands of Rangers fans waiting and celebrating for the bus. Oh, and nice. next uh, Walter Smith just nearly. Pulling his hair out, Gaza's climbing out the sky, the skylight <laughs> on top of the bathroom in George Square, and you could just see the just the colour draining from his face. Like, what is he doing? And Gaza's on top of the bus trying to not fall off the bus, and ah, oh, it was hilarious. Oh, cool. hilarious. But yeah, that was a night that was, they all stayed in, all stayed at Ibrox that night. Okay. And been party until five six o'clock in the morning. Just brilliant, I what just to be there and be part of that was just fantastic. You'll never forget that. No, no you never, you never yeah. forget. There's little things like that, no, you never forget, yeah. you know. These are memories. Amazing. The, the standards that kind of were set at Rangers in your time put you good stead for the rest of your career. Actually, I read yeah. the comments, I think it was Alan Scott's comments that said that your attitude to football was amazing. Uh, don't get me wrong, um, I, was, <laughs> I was never the, the best trainer. <laughs> Never in terms of the the physical aspect. Okay. <laughs> never, never, never enjoyed the physical aspect. The hated, hated the running. Hated the running. Uh, when he put me in goals, however, did any goalkeeper stuff? Yeah, uh, that was it. That was me. That was in my element. Um, yeah, the, the, it sets you up. I mean, it gets it gets drummed into. Even if I hated the physical stuff, I I had to do it. It was it was it was almost like military. Mm-hmm. Um, it's drummed into you, and, it, and it's sort of that sort of you take that military background of that lifestyle into your life out with and that's the, the sort of thing that is I had that I had that attitude where I believed in every game I went in the Highland League that I was going to win, win. Uh, 
and I expected the same of all, all my teammates. This we expected the standards to be high. Everything we did was high, even in training. It was it was getting that balance. The boys knew mm-hmm. and to have a laugh and could have a laugh at the same time. Aye. Win, yeah. what to win, and that's what I and that's what I do, and I think that's what I meant when I was that. That's the sort mm-hmm. of change of attitude that I, that I had as a result of my time down there. So yeah, it was it was high standards. I expected it from mm-hmm. my defence. I expected it from everyone. Um, well, I heard uh, you expected yeah. it from your wife as well because she had to delay <laughs> delay her honeymoon because you had a game. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I, um, we had to had to had to avoid running honeymoons as a football team first. Big game at Clark or something was it? I think it was. Yes. <laughs> These must So, how did you know, and when did you know your your time was kind of up at Rangers? Yeah, um, again with the with the confidence, I, I started to get a voice. Mm, okay. <laughs> so coming from coming from a Highlander, um, and I started to see things, and that I wasn't necessarily happy about. Um, mm-hmm. Football back then has changed now. It was the what I call the. And I, I don't even know, I enjoyed it as well to a degree. The, 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 what I call the the football dressing room banter mentality, um, yeah, yeah. The, the locker room mentality, where all the pranks, the jokes, <laughs> everything else, fantastic, lots, lots of, lots of stories. But you you get to a stage where some people take it too far, and. Oh, um, okay. Remember a day I'm up at four or five. I, I, I had a love hate relationship with John Brown. Uh, okay. John Brown and me got on now. Out now, meet the man. A lot of respect. Um, we, we chat. We got on really well now. At the, um, spoke to him a few years after I left, and um, he he said only what the best for me. And I do appreciate now going to back what he said. Okay. But at the time, at the time, and John John met himself. He, he would have done things differently, and I would have done things differently. But it is what it is now. Um, so we do have a, this mutual respect. But at the time, um, me and Bomber clashed. Um, over various events. I mean, I would go home for Christmas, and it was a case of anyone put on weight uh, over Christmas. You were dead in and I literally put on a pound, and I was running, running, running around the track I brought for the next three months every morning at eight o'clock in the morning. But yeah, other players, other players had done the same, and they weren't getting the same treatment. Right, so okay. just going, okay, there's something not right here, and um, I started to speak up, and there was almost sometimes. What was almost that element of what I would now call bullying. Bullying, uh, bullying uh, culture, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Back then, it a few was, people have spoken about about that the similar thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, back then, it would never have been classed as bullying. Oh. It would all be classed as banter. Obviously, the way society has changed, things move on nowadays. Definitely, definitely, the bullying. Uh, and yeah. I remember a day I put a forfer and. Um, Young lad, Colin Crate was actually from Butty was actually playing for four for that day. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we drew nil nil. Um, I was playing as an overage player uh, yeah. for the youth team against four uh, for and a Scottish youth team, and um, we drew nil nil. We played dreadful, and um, Bomber lost the plot and they actually slapped one of the young boys. Sure. And uh, before that, yep, the verbal abuse, the the usual is not up to standard, and obviously they will hair dryer treatment type yeah, thing but yeah. this, this this was actually a, a slap and um, I, I was just like I, re, and I reacted I was no you can't do that and I stood up to him and I said look no that's unacceptable and we basically had a big argument and that that was fine and it was then forgotten about as far as, as far as he was concerned hit the moment type thing I don't forget about it and I think I think to be honest that was probably the start of the end because I spoke mm. to one of the club physios at the time and says look I'm not. I feel, I feel really uncomfortable. What happened last night? Yeah. Uh, I spoke to him and he says, "Well, you recall what you want to do." So, 
I spoke to Richard Goff, uh, club captain, mm. and ironically, I spoke to him. He said, "Okay, I'll, 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 I'll deal with." It. And ironically, a week later, it was, it was around about the time. So sort of, I think it didn't help. But at the end of the day, Walter Smith then pulled in and says, "Okay, just to let you know, you're getting released at the end of this season." Okay. Uh, literally, literally a week after I had just brought up the issue, mm. and I just thought, "Is that a coincidence?" I don't know if that's uh, a coincidence. Swept under the carpet. Uh, well, yeah, possibly, um, and it was one of these things, and then not made a big deal of it, and it's, it's all what else. But Hodgie had said that he was pushing for me to get a new contract. I was because right. obviously we're going to be injured, and leaving that I should have kept on. So I was thinking, well, what okay, I've got a good chance of a new contract here. Um, however, turned out that, that obviously John Brown and Walter and Archie said that I was. Answering back to so advertising never seen me play. Advertising never seen me oh, play. Okay, took the words of Walter and that fair enough, which is fair enough. His prodigies to do, and they went well. I don't want somebody who's an answer back type thing. So you're labelled as a as a, a troublemaker yeah, for, a for standing up for for yeah. uh, someone that's right. Yeah, something, yeah, yeah. something you've one. To be honest <laughs> with you, I've I've always wondered what if if I didn't would it make any difference. And do you know what? I'd probably do the same again. Uh, uh, would, you, would you be able to to live with yourself no. if you hadn't done anything? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, always, I've thought about that long and hard over the years, and I've just said, no, it's, I would do the same thing again, no matter what. Um, and I don't know, I don't think everyone uh, would, to be fair. No. So, um, need to be quite my, a, a big yeah. man to do that. My I just thought it was it was too far. It was a step too far yeah. for me. Um, yeah. it was, and yes, it was an overreaction on his part. He shouldn't have done it. He, 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 he apologised to me years ago for doing it. He, he said himself he shouldn't have done it. It was an overreaction. Yeah. Um, young player... Um, involved was obviously 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 apologised to and all the rest of it and mm-hmm. that was it fine but just I just thought no and it was at that time where I, as I'm getting to that age I'm starting to question things that are happening at training like yeah. and I thought to myself okay well I'm getting a own opinion here so and I think that the more I had an opinion the more I answered back to him the more that we clashed type thing yeah. so but yeah but when we spoke years after and he's like I was just trying to get the best out of you, trying to motivate you. Mm. And I'd say, and I was like, yeah, I appreciate that. I know what you're trying to do now, but everybody, not everybody rats no. that way to that type yeah. of... He says, yeah, I know that. And, mm. and obviously he had his issues afterwards where yes. there was issues where there was there was issues potentially with a similar type of thing. So, That's right. yeah. That's right. um, but yeah, yeah. No, that, was, that was it. And that was so... Going from, as Hodge said, being at the time because Gorham was injured, the sort of best best trainer and the best player at the club, but the goalkeeper at the time, Aye. to then get a contract a week after I raised the issue, I just thought no. So the, the, I'm not saying that's why. I'm not saying it would have made any complete difference. Um, I wouldn't change it, but it is what it is. Um, yeah. And I, that was it. That was me. So I knew that. I knew then I wasn't in a new contract. Mm-hmm. So it was a case of um, two months just seeing it out and Aye. starting to then look elsewhere. So. so- was it straight? Was it straight back to the Highland League then, or because surely no. no, yeah, there was there was clubs in the middle. I well, Aye. sort of. Um, I, it was about a year, and um, I went to Clyde Bank for a short period of time. Okay, um, went there. Ian McCall was the manager, and Aye. was there for about three months. And all we did, but they didn't have ground at the time. It was so it was when ah, the, okay. the things were sort of changing with Clyde Bank. Obviously, they had the problems uh, with the ground and. Yeah. Um, and all we did for three months was basically run around a reservoir. <laughs> so a lot of training was that, and I was like, oh, this, is, this is not This is never me. <laughs> no, and of course, me being not dreaming ever the greatest runners every time I'm at the running, I'm always near the bat, so uh, I was like, oh, this is just a waste of time for me. So he, he saw all he saw was me run. So he never actually got a chance to really 
see me as a, as a, as a tipper. So, yeah, so after three months, I was like, nah, that ain't going to happen. So, um, moved on, and then I sort of came back up the road and spent about about, about six months to nine months um, flitting between Cali and Ross County. Um, okay. Trained trained for about three months with Cali every day under Pelly um, mm. and Shearer. Went to the training, was involved, um, trained every day, looking, and they were touch and go but at the time they said the reason was financial they said we've got I've got the finances to sit on anybody else at the moment I was like that's fine no problem so I went to Ross County went to Neil Cooper and was there for six months and yeah. signed, a, signed in a sort of amateur type contract with them and mm. was number two to Nicky Water for six months the end got was involved with the, the, the first team there trained yeah. for and I think they were really I can't remember was that really second division okay, championship yeah. I can't remember mm. at the time but yeah so after the six months, it was like that. But I asked him, what is the chance of a pro contract? He said, Well, I'm not 100% sure. I'm like, okay, in that case, if you're looking elsewhere, not a problem. So that was me. I um, just walked away. Yeah. And then, sort of, took a couple of months out. And then the the, the phone call from Billy Anderson came. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, I can imagine how that went. You weren't getting off the phone until you'd signed. No, exactly. <laughs> Billy, Billy, Billy's fantastic. Aye. I love the man. Love the man. Um, and him and Alan were, were some duo, were they? Oh, they were brilliant. Um, they bounced off each other fantastically. Um, perfect for each other, perfect foils. Um, Alan was the quiet, Billy was the voice. Um, yeah. Alan was the thoughtful one, Billy was was the man motivator. Um, but it worked, worked really well. And the two of them obviously had an eye for a player to bring the players in that they did to help transform, transform Butty, um, who were in the doldrums at the time. So, yeah, mm. massive. A big turnaround, you said, around about that time we joined. Yeah, um, obviously, Butty at the time were, um, I think they were down 12th in the lead or something. Okay, and, um, yeah, um, I, I didn't, to be honest with you at the time, I wasn't um, a big, I'd call it fan in terms of keeping an eye of the Highland League. Mm. In terms of, mm-hmm. I was sort of, my brother was playing for Fort Clark at the time, so I was right. just watching his results, but didn't really know much about what was going on. Um, but yeah, um, to men, Played our preseason game at our both enjoyed it, um, did quite well, and I liked what Billy and Alan said, and mm-hmm. the the rest is history. Uh, that was me signed for Butty for the three years. <laughs> That's uh, and uh, you, I mean Alan and Billy are great, but you played with some some great uh, players at Bucky as well, didn't you? I came will come on to your best eleven at the end, but uh, yeah, it was a good I, good group of guys. It was a good blend. Aye, again, you've got a couple of the youngsters coming in from Zico just coming into the mm-hmm. start. Um, you had Mara, who was raw, uh, Stephen Bruce, who was raw, but but good, good player. Uh, the local lads, Mickey McPherson, um, local legend, Butty. Um, uh-huh. And then Paul Lamberton was just a, a Danian lad coming in. And then you bring in the, and you had obviously the, the, the what I call the, the solid the solid unit of the <laughs> of Grapeys, um, Stephen Rattery, Ryan yeah. Green, players like that, who were good, good high end league players. And then you bring in John Scott, Levi, Scotty, myself, and not just myself, but the rest of them. Mm-hmm. By bringing that, that type of player, that type of mentality in, it just lifted the rest of them. Aye, um, 
you, you, you brought the best out of these boys, without a shadow of doubt. Um, we brought the the best out of these guys um, because of the players around about them. They, they lifted their standards to the to the level of what the the boys were coming in on. So yeah, so it was a, it was it was a, it was a really good blend. Um, a bit of experience, a bit of youngsters, and at the end, a really really good mentality. Yeah, yeah, and you, you just had a um, I mean a couple of your ex teammates have, have talked about it, but. It said that you were a, a colossus of the day that Bucky beat Hamilton in the Scottish Cup. No, I, well, I got man in the match, but Aye. I only I only had a couple of saves. <laughs> I remember thinking afterwards, I Aye. don't deserve this. But <laughs> the, no, as for me, the 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 whole team that day, the defence was brilliant. Mickey uh, Lambie and the Scott, they they flung themselves at everything. They were they were never getting through. Uh, and I did what I had to do. So uh, to be honest, I I was just a bit part player. To be honest, just marshalled them. Aye, I did. We, we we actually dominated the game. Um, it wasn't a case of we've just we've just hung on and strung on. We actually battered them, and this was a Hamilton team that were winning the first division, right. and mm-hmm. going on to who won the, the first division into the championship. Mm-hmm. So they were a, a reasonably decent decent Hamilton team. But yeah, um, great day. Fans were fantastic. The celebrations Aye. afterwards, the atmosphere that day was brilliant. But yeah, it was just a case of everything coming together at the right time. Aye. What do you because that was a good Scottish run, cup run in general, wasn't it? What, do you remember for the rest of that run? I think uh, a couple have said that very unlucky against Ross County in the next round. <laughs> I, I, I remember the Ross County and being being a local lad, I, mm-hmm. and at the time Ross County were going through <laughs> uh, a change, and they were sort of they were they were bringing in players like. Um, Craig, uh, Owen Coyle was playing. Oh, Owen Coyle was mm-hmm. uh, bringing players for a bit of money to try and get up the leads. Uh, and I remember on a, on a Ross County social media forum, I, thought, I'm gonna, I knew a, couple, a week before I'm going to wind them up. I'm going to wind them up here. So <laughs> I went to their, their over the bridge Ross County fans page oh, and right. <laughs> I I basically said, yeah, good to see Ross County doing well. What are you going to do when the money runs out, when these mercenaries leave? You're going to be left with nothing. <laughs> and this, this sort of thing. And it's a shame that all the local does, all you're going to left, left with a club that's going to be struggling financially. And... <laughs> I jumped on by the press local press jumped on it and I was interviewed and I said I stand by what I said I said the club's been has got a full mercenaries at the moment they're here just for the money that's not got the benefit of the club but actually it actually turned out true to the end I went and saved the studies and they were in financial trouble for a while as a result of it but just to wind up and at the time that was what I was like on the pitch I liked the good Okay. bit of banter a bit of wind up to uh-huh. wind up position up to get in the heads and I'd run into the game and run across to Dinwall and being my local team and everything else I thought oh, just have a bit of fun with this so went over to the jail end and I was getting slaughtered uh, coins oh, and so, spitting uh, in bottles again not, like not, 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 thankfully not the coins <laughs> but just, just the, the, the Rangers reject shouts uh. and yeah, you're this, you're that, and all the rest of it. And it was, it was good fun. It was some of the boys I knew actually, some of our mates as well. Aye, so okay. it, it was good fun. And we we, we did a good goal. They scored. We equalised Charlie Valley uh, mm-hmm. for a good goal for us, one-one, and they got a lucky deflected winner. And um, there wasn't a lot between it. There wasn't a lot at all. And we were close. We were about 15 minutes. I think it was some take a replay of it. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a good, good team it was really good solid year. I mean mm-hmm. for the three years I was there with the each season we were either first or second best defensive record in the league um, 
so yeah, it was it was a really really tight hard team hard team to beat. We were aye yes yeah. So the, the beauty of that was was fantastic as a result of the wind up. So. <laughs> good day. Good, good, good. I think it was Stephen Ratley who had mentioned that before. He was wondering if you were going to talk about that. Escaped <laughs> me on online. The keyboard warrior. Yes, that was it. Exactly. <laughs> it was sort of that I enjoyed and I used to. Get, I mean, it's one of the things that I highly I loved as well. So obviously, yeah, the banter. The other teams was the banter of the fans was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Used to give abuse and used to take it, and uh, I still love it. Great, great social scene yeah. in Highland League back then, wasn't it? And although there was there's moments like that, Abdi was kind of okay oh, I mean, once the game was finished and you were in the social club afterwards. Well, that was it. I mean, I was speaking about that recently with Ronnie. Uh, obviously, Ronnie Sharp, the, our, my manager at Nairn, and mm-hmm. obviously I'm there at the assistant at the moment. But yeah. we, we speak about it quite a lot. We're saying there's none of that goes on now, and. Um, it's, from our part, perspective, it was disappointing because we used to play Keith for Fraser Brand and or that, and you'd be in the social club sitting uh-huh. with them, having a pint, getting the crack as yeah. as if you as if you could meet straight after the game, or you would meet in Fortiverse. There was a pub in Fortiverse. I can't remember the name, but a lot uh-huh. of clubs uh-huh. stop mm-hmm. um, on the way through. Uh, you you sometimes met a few in there. Right? Um, you, yeah, you would meet three or four teams in uh, there. Crossing you're, over. You're, you're playing pool, playing darts, or getting a few pints each other, getting the crack and. It was it was brilliant, and that's how you got to know a lot of these boys and yes. mm-hmm. mutual respect. So yeah. mutual respect, and and it was fant- it was a fantastic time to play Highland to be honest. Because mm-hmm. uh, of that, I enjoyed the because you used to get the banter of all the players, the wind ups, and, yeah. and then you, on the pitch you would batter each other for ninety minutes, <laughs> but then you'd be having a pint with each other afterwards. So yeah, it was fantastic. Goalie, goalie. But if would you say your main strengths as a, a goalie were, and, and if anything, fit attributes maybe held you back. Oh, absolutely to help me back was my 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 crappiness at training. <laughs> I was never never the best of trainers, and and Hodge said it spent my natural ability and my my growth at me says this is you do need to know more physically, and that's what Jim Stewart who took over after him, the oh, SFA right. coaches and Rangers coaches said yes, he says great goalie shit trainer <laughs> and that was and that was it. I, I used to used to love going into games, and it was games I loved, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. But so probably terminally I wasn't I wasn't the best of trainers um and um my 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 kicking wasn't um hundred percent um great. Uh-huh. Um, sounds familiar. a lot of mine didn't I get out the box. <laughs> well that was it. So I wasn't I was never the greatest of kickers. Um uh, okay. I was I was always poor at You'd be uh, alright now because Nate goal is that kick me, they just pass it out the six yard box. Exactly. So I, I can pass the ball now, so <laughs> I mean, in these days. But back then you were you were asking the goalkeepers to kick the ball and, shell it and, mm-hmm. and I was that's just not my I just couldn't do it. it was uh, te- that, technically that was my struggle. Yeah, I couldn't do that. But um Handling, handling wise, as, as a result of my time with Hodgie at at, at Rangers, ah, okay. um, everyone was about touching the ball. Ah. My my main attribute was every every shot, and I was I was I would try and touch. I was I would touch most things. So I, I brought it into any sort of coaching session I did with the youngsters, ah. came through the levels. It was about touching the ball as much as well. Try try not to party. Try to touch. Try to touch every shot, and then mm. once you the habit of doing it, it almost becomes set in nature. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you see, I remember playing Huntley and um, Martin Stewart three tips from about twenty five yards out, and I just said to my guys, "Guys, just let me see the ball." So mm. they're like, "No ball." I said, "No, no ball. not a ball. No <laughs> ball. Just let me see the ball." And they're like, "What the hell's going on here?" And I see Martin going, "What's he doing?" <laughs> so Martin just rifles one, and he fires it, and he's hit this ball, and it's coming right. And I've just gone, boom, just caught it, shit in my hands, and then. Started a quick counter attack, which we scored from. Okay, but yeah. it was just literally because of the fact I was able to touch it, see it, touch it, and then distribute early. 
just made the world rather than parry it or rather than palm it down and then let them back into position. So yeah, touching the ball was the was the main thing. My 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 my, my shot stopped me. And I think it was my sort of main strength. Main strength and one one ones. I was I was pretty good. I used to. Love playing this Ian Murray and Charlie Brown like this because you've got one on one and you'd be talking to them trying to in their head as they're coming in and they're trying to <laughs> dummy in. Most times, I, most times I would say, please say I won the one on ones. But okay. um, so yeah, so short stopping the one on ones was and um, talking communication was right. the other thing. Um, yeah. Organising talking was my other main strengths. But I think that that actually came from actually back when I was in the Scottish Boys because back okay. then. Um, I noticed when I went to the trials, none of the other goalies were talking. Mm. I was like, oh, all right, okay. Uh, you need your goalies talking, don't you? Well, if I talk, I don't know that get me in. And I don't <laughs> know where it helped, but from that point on, I, I was just always a talker. Okay. So, yeah. Could you issue the Schmeichel-esque hairdryer when it was needed? Or? I didn't tend to <laughs> no. I didn't tend to that much. Um, what I tended to say was, um, okay, a mistake happens. Just don't let it happen again. Right. <laughs> if it happens, a, if it happens a, the same sort of thing happens a second time, then yeah, I could, I could I, sort of. Kane is a goalie. Goal. Yeah, every goal you're blaming somebody. Ah, right. I got, <laughs> sorry, James, any, any goal my Highland I let in was never my fault. Nah, I, that was the same. The same in five oh, sides. Never mind any Highland League. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the defender's fault. Honestly, right. you just as soon as you let in a goal, you just start running and raving in front of the immediate. <laughs> all right, it's not his fault. Great. <laughs> I, I, I did quite well at that material. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. So, so, what prompted the move to to Nairn then, for Bucky? Um, it was it was basically just the change. I knew that Alan and Billy were leaving. Right. Um, there was the. I won't, I won't call it a fallout, but there was, I think there was a, maybe a slight there disagreement. Was yeah, I think there was a slight disagreement with the committee. Mm-hmm. And Alan and Billy were being trying to be supportive of the players and themselves. And we appreciated the time. And we we were there. Don't get me wrong, the Batty fans were brilliant. The club was really, really good at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no issues with what they did and how they ran it as such. Right. But we were there because Alan and Billy. Okay. And um, I think that's. When they we heard what had happened and they were they, they couldn't they stay then I thought okay well what's going to happen now and then I heard obviously Scotty and Levi were moving on to Devon Vale okay, um, yeah. players were potentially moving I thought okay right so it was maybe time to look yeah, at other options new, yeah. yeah were you still live, were you back living in Inverness Dingwall just, yeah I'm still in Inverness I'm still in Inverness at the aye. time so um, yeah, a bit closer they they approached me um, I spoke to them but I'd, I had the sort of courtesy to obviously speak to Batty as well um, and I know Ratley keeps joking about it with me he says Batty must have uh, offered you a fortune because I, I was telling him that whatever I was offered at Nairn Batty offered the same to us so it was never financial it was never financial Batty must have offered you a hell of a lot then. but um, no it wasn't I mean I spoke to both clubs um, and I said so it wasn't a financial decision because I was offered the same deal as I was by both teams so I just thought well no just it was the break up and I just thought after the three years mm-hmm. it's an actual thing the guys are moving on it's yeah. going to be a new team so go with it and then I thought okay, it's just time to, time to move on there was nothing nothing more to it than that um, because it was Alan and Billy being in a part of that team that was what I enjoyed the most yes. so that whole team team ethos that, is, mm-hmm. that I felt that I really liked so yeah so that was it so spoke to Nairn um, and then met Ronnie and he told me what the plan was for the clubs and then 
Mark Holmes, who was at Bucket at the time, I mean, he was coming to Nairn as well. Okay. So we um, both headed to Nairn and was there for a, a, a few years as well. Is that who has the um, soccer academies in, in Ghana? Yes. And stuff? Oh, yes. Aye. Holmes is something else. Aye. He was the only, only man that could um, turn out a Burberry suit. It turns out it's not real Burberry. It was, it was got, he actually <laughs> stitched on the blooming collars with Burberry collar. <laughs> so Mark's a Sparks suit with Burberry collar. <laughs> good old Holmesy. Good yeah, he's a, he's a lovely lad, Holmesy. Aye. Aye. Right. Yeah, some character. You mentioned to me in your notes that Nairn again was was sort of a rebuild, a turnaround job. Yeah, when you first um, went. Well, again, like the same sort of idea actually. Mm-hmm. The Nairn were were twelfth, and they were leaking a lot of goals as well at the time. Right. Um, so I said to myself, well, one, can I get them to help get them into the top table, uh, top half of the table, and two. I've been dent in the, the, the goals of dense column so yeah um, first season similar types of in we were, like I did we were taking Bucky from 12 up to 3rd we were taking Nairn from 12 up to 5th so and I think from that point on when you get a team that's then play a top set so you're able to attract better players ah, and, that's, and that's what happened so don't get me wrong I mean it's not me myself I was just part of the crowd um, <laughs> part of the part of the team but yeah um fact that we turned it around at Nairn and now Nairn have sort of a few years after we stabilised and had a, a bit of success was mm. partly down to the fact that the changes that, that, that were made at the time so yeah yeah, enjoyable times at Nairn it's, uh, it's not actually a club that I've had many guests talk about so no, interested I, to, to learn a little slight, bit about them and, and slightly different part of the country yeah, um, yeah um, the one thing I will say at the time um, the club was very very much uh a community-based club. Um, okay. Fans were quite heavily involved. Um, the players were heavily involved. It was a lot of socialising between fans and players, which was I thought was fantastic. Again, it was this okay. whole. I, I'm a big fan of sort of coming together, sort of community-type team ethos going on type thing. Right. And I, I, that's why that's why I liked it. And getting to know the boys at Nairn. Um, to be honest with you, I mean the, the guys that the, the guys I made friends with, Bucky, your Levi's, your Great Bays, Ryan, mm-hmm. Steve. Scott Anderson, Lambie, all these guys. These are guys that you know I could put a phone call out to arrange a pint and have a great night with the next night type aye, thing. You know, no prompt all always be always be good friends like that. Have, have shared that bond. Uh, but yeah, the guys at Nairn became basically best friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was became four or five. I became really really good friends. Um, David there. Yeah, Phil home. David McDonald, Graham, uh, Dara Smith, Colin McLeod, and Ian Brooks. Aye. So five of us hung out together and were part of the core of that team and again similar to similar to Bucky they, they weren't as good the players to be honest in general mm. as the Bucky players they weren't um, but what they had was an attitude okay. um, a, a, a bit of self-belief okay. and, and I think not, I'm not taking credit for that but it definitely helped okay. um, help that help improve that self-belief but yeah we we we, we did we, standards yeah, mm-hmm. again, about standards, absolutely, hundred uh, percent. It was about setting the right standards, training, setting the right standards on the pitch uh, during games. Uh-huh. Expectations: we're not going to lose, or we're not going to get beat, or if we did go low, we're going to get back in this game. It, yeah. it turned, it turned that mentality around. To be honest with you, at the time were struggling than they were, mm-hmm. but we we turned that around, and uh-huh. I, I, I played a part in that. It sounds like you're saying that the sort of the team collective was mere than some of the individual parts. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah. While while Butty was similar in a lot of respects, mm-hmm. they had the players with individual abilities really who could 
turn games round or make a difference while Nairn didn't have that. Um, but they, they had the they had a team that worked for each other, really, yeah, yeah. really worked for each other. Again, go back to that idea about the, the trenches. These were boys I would trust my life with. Yeah, nice. So, yeah, they became really, really good friends as well. Who, who was the manager that took you there? Uh, Ronnie. Oh, Ronnie. Right. Who's, now, who's now, I'm obviously working with now. Manager, so, yeah, yeah, fantastic. Brilliant. And uh, was, was success that moving up the table or were there, were there trophies added? Or? Uh, well, it would have been trophies if uh, <laughs> one of our boys, Gareth Smith, didn't score own goals in the semi finals <laughs> and cups. <laughs> Every time we got a semi final, I think the butter scored an own goal. <laughs> um, no, we, um, it, was, it was good. It was, first of all, it was top six was the target. Uh, um, yes. Um, stabilise the club make the club an attractive club to play for which is what we did and then um, we always we, we always seem to draw Devon Vale or Fraserburgh in the bloody penalty tap penalty tap and it used to used to be the Bodie teams Devon Vale and Fraserburgh for me and I used to lose to them all the bloody time <laughs> um, but yeah um, but then in the North Cup you'd have a bit of success you'd get to the semi-finals and then obviously my mate was scoring on goals and would get beat. <laughs> so, yeah, um, no, there, there wasn't a huge amount of trophies. That trophies came later for now because uh, yes. they were able to spend a bit more money and right. get the players in to do that. So, yes, yeah. Yes. Um, but the, that was the foundations being laid, foundations though. Right. Yeah, exactly. Great. Was there ever any opportunities for you to get back into to senior football, professional football, throughout the, your time in the Highland League or that um, ship sailed? No, well, there was... Again, there was talk. It was all talk. I mean, I, when I was a Bucky, there was a newspaper article. Uh, Bill, I think it was Bill Loban at the time, who was the was the chairman. I think Bucky or, or secretary. I can't remember. But he um, he put a bit in the paper saying that Forfar had approached okay. um, Bucky for me, and Bucky uh, and the, the quote was, "We want to sell for a hundred grand." I thought, "Oh God, hundred grand!" <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> so that was that was it in the P and J. So I was, I was getting pelters from fans. You're not worth hundred grand, Ray, and all the rest of it. So yeah, that was so. There was opportunities for far. There was talk about going back to Cali. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that was the sort of thing, but no, it was it never it never came to fruition. Yeah, so, no. so when did you decide that it was time to, to hang up the boots and the gloves? And did you tell me you had a bit of time away from the game? Did you did you fall into a love way? I was just too busy with different priorities. Or? It was a, it was a mixture. Um, Ronnie Ronnie uh, got sat in there, and um, at the end, that as as a bunch of boys who were played for Ronnie, we weren't happy with the no. with the situation, and um, it, it became a it's not 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 the greatest place to to be at the time. To be brutally honest, um, so when the new manager came in, there was a lot of players that he tried to ship out because um, yeah. being Ronnie's players, uh, what yeah. his, what his own body's in, which is fair enough. Um, but yeah, so it wasn't so much resentment, wasn't so much that it was a taste of okay, move on. So uh, I, I left left Nairn, um, went to Lossie for a little bit, but at the, by the time I sort of my last season in there and, and into the time at Lossie, I was at Lossie for a few months, okay. um, was an issue with, with being able to attend training because of the way my work had gone, I'd got promotion at work, so now uh, okay. I was now working every third Saturday and I was uh, working some nights as well as daytime, so it meant that mm. you can't, nah, can't pick a player who's not no. able to trend every week or not able to play every week, so that was part of the issue at Nairn as well um, so that was, was starting to have an impact so yeah um, when I went to Lossie it was a case of well I'd come in train play and then miss a game and then like well not mm. fair on other goalkeepers yeah, or not yeah. other players if you've got a player who's been able to drop in and out and at the sort of, roughly at the same time I started to develop my knee issues that sort of 
mm. came back to haunt me later on. Um, so yeah, and so it was a mixture of a mixture of work circumstances yeah. and the knee that started playing. I was only thirty at the time. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so I, I retired fairly fairly young yeah, and that was after that. Goalie, yeah? yeah, absolutely. And so it was around about the age of thirty, and I had to make a decision mm. where work and that was to become more priority, and I could feel. I was training and then or playing and then I'd be in pain for a couple of days afterwards. Over yeah, another. This is great. Yeah. So, yeah, so I made that decision and it was a case of that was it. But I ended up then um, dropping in and out. I played a, played a couple more games for Lossy to help them out. And I then uh, also played a couple of times for Forrest okay. <laughs> to help. Alan Scott was there at the time. Uh, so, yeah, okay, aye. yeah, Alan asked me if I would come in and help him out. So I did play a couple of days, but a day and it was play the day. Mm. I said, oh, do you want to sign? And I phoned <laughs> up the next day and go, Alan, I can't hardly walk. <laughs> said, they said, so it's not fair to you, it's not fair to anybody else to me to turn up and play and hardly train. So, um, so yeah, so a day and it was a case of letting up. Sorry, Alan, it's, it's one of these things I'd love to, but I just physically can't. And then I went to Huntley with Billy again. Oh, and, um, <laughs> signed for Billy and, um, Played my first game as I sort of came about to get me a bit of practice, and I tore my hamstring. And I just thought, no, I'm getting injuries. I'm getting, I'm getting more time to heal from these injuries. And I thought, no, Billy's that. No, give it, give it. You're, you're just giving it a rest. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Now. So I did. <laughs> so it was sort of, even if I sort of finished at loss, you probably I sort of ah, put yeah. you on a little ah. bit, but it was never ever as serious as. Which is a bit intermittent. Yeah. You did eventually return to the coaching side of things, and obviously a lot of a lot of knowledge you've gained over the years to, to pass on to young goalies. And I guess, for personal experience, goalie development is now with someone that has been prevalent in the in the lower levels up till now. Even even previously, when mm-hmm. it was playing down the road at Rangers, it wasn't hugely. I mean, Alan Hodgson was the sort of pioneer. Um, he. Rangers brought him in he'd, he'd obviously been at Manchester United and then came to Rangers and he worked with Schmeichel and Roram and, and then you had Jim Stewart after that and, yeah. and then it started to just gradually build from there and even even at the lower levels it's it's never been 100% prevalent um, when I was at Bucky it was um, didn't I, Duker was um, was the, the sort of goalie coach uh, okay. lovely lovely guy um, and, but again wasn't a huge amount of training. Wasn't a huge amount. It was. It was basically what I wanted to do. Uh, you tell me what you're doing. I'll kick about you. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I'm going to do this. You just help me. You feed the balls, type thing. Mike, um, Mike Logic, when he's on, said that you. Uh, he liked training with you, though. You kept him right. Ah, uh, yeah. Mike was a lovely lad. Um, just a man. I, I, I always wanted. To, I'm, a, I'm always been a great believer in the goalies union. <laughs> Uh, everything that is, is everything if there is criticism it has to be constructive as far as I'm concerned but yeah um, it's always I see a goalkeeper coming through they improve help them out then delighted for them and it's, I mean I, I remember playing Highland League and I thought I played in a golden era mm-hmm. of um, Highland League goalkeepers Trying to think back, I mean, they had players like Ivor Perry, um, Billy Gordon Ian Thane Barry Thompson um Kevin Morgan, Ross Bremner, Kevin Maine, my brother, Mark McCritchie, uh, Darren Strong, people like that who were, do you know what I mean? And I think the background, because they were really good goalkeepers. Uh, you know? Yeah. yeah I thought, so, that's a, so pretty much a golden age of goalkeepers, Henley, but yeah, and it's mutual respect for pretty right. much a lot of them. So it was fantastic. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of good goalkeepers in Henley, but I'm not sure how much actual coaching they actually got done. <laughs> I think a lot of it is, was basically self learning. Aye, yeah. Right, but uh, you join that. You join the uh, join coach. You also senior assistant at Newby. Yeah, something, um, something you enjoy. 
Yes, it is. <laughs> it is enjoyed. It's been uh, we're into our <laughs> it's our sixth year now, okay, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ronnie, Ronnie is, sees his job as winning. <laughs> I see my job as winning and player development. Developing, so, eh? <laughs> yeah. Um, if I can develop a player at the same time, then brilliant. I'll be I'm happy after winning. On top of that, then mm. even even more so. Um, yeah, enjoyed it. Um, completely changed days. Um, how how yeah. players are now compared to what they used to be, um, both in terms of. In the dressing room, all the sort of carry-ons, the prance, everything else to training and their attitude towards getting asked to do certain things is completely different. But then you were asked if you were playing at one back, you played one back, you, you were delighted to play in the team. Now, now it tastes as, oh, I've never played one back before, I can't do this. And mentally, they really struggle with it. And uh, it's just, it's getting, it's trying to get into the fact that a lot of it is now mental as so well. As, so it's uh, a manager and the coach's fault as well, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah, uh, you you put me as a win back, but I'm a striker type thing. I was just like, well, actually, you've got the attributes to make a good win back or a good winner. You can actually do that if you actually put your head to it and you're willing to listen. And try and get that through to them. And it's, it's no, no, I'm a striker. I can only do that. And so yeah, so it's a lot of a lot of change. From before it was okay. Where do you want me to play? Yep, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> will uh, will management ever be someone that, that tempts you in, or do you do you think your heart is a number two? Um, I would love to be a manager, um, definitely, but yep. um, not unless uh, my work circumstances change ah, because, okay. mm-hmm. because I still work every third weekend and I do some night shift. It means, again, my availability is such that I don't think it's fair on any club. The manager needs to be there all the time. Absolutely, yep. yeah, absolutely. A co-manager or assistant, yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. fine. No problems, I love that. I'm happy to do that. That's what I'm saying. I'm happy, happy doing that in there just now and mm-hmm. I'm quite quite content in that position. So yeah, being an actual manager would have to would only mean happening if I'm um, my work circumstances change. So yeah, as I am I'm I'm, I'm happy. Happy. Good, good. Well uh, Mike, thank you for that. I, I, I wonder if we could take me through your your best eleven that you, you played with you now. I know you've 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 avoided going for all the Rangers boys mostly. Uh, you've yes. gone for a higher league select now. As a goalie, picking a goalie you played with hard because you never ever play with another goalie. But I think I think you had one that stood you above the rest. Well, exactly. So <laughs> I, I couldn't exactly pick another other keeper. So I had to be uh, the one and only. And there's only only Rangers player I picked. The goalie, uh, the, the goalie himself. <laughs> yeah, uh, because of the it's what he taught me and what I learned from him as well as just just how quality it was. There was there, there's no doubt. I okay. couldn't pick anybody else. But growing, I could I could have picked. A range of eleven, and it could have been a little nah, bit. Uh, yeah. But no, nah, there's no, there's no fun in that. So, <laughs> but yeah, so none of them will be listening. He, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Pointless. Well, he might actually listen. To it, you never know. Um, but yeah, um, so Andy, Andy Gorham be my, my goalkeeper. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now you got three at the back of you. Yeah, got a three-five-two. Um, so I've picked. Um, Scott Anderson, uh, David McDonald from there, and, and then Paul Lamberton from Butty. So Scott and Butty uh, and Paul from Butty. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Scott was just fantastic. Uh, I think um, he's really, the most picked defender. At the, absolutely, at the best elevens. It's yeah, understand yeah. why. Um, reads the game, read the game fantastically. Was good in the air, good on the ground. Didn't hardly have to tackle. He read the game that well. So, but very much like Alan Al- Al- Hansen type player, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so good at reading the game, uh, and really great organizer. So brilliant, brilliant to play behind. So calm, so so mm-hmm. cool. So yeah, absolutely. L- Lamberton's had a couple of picks as well, actually. For, for guys that have, yeah. guys have done as I, well. Yeah, right? uh, Lamby, was young, young, and a little mm-hmm. bit raw, but uh, just committed, um, brilliant in the air, left-footed, 
to go forward to tackle, brilliant tackler. Uh, the time of his tackle was fantastic. Um, and he was good, he was just learning the game and went on to have a great career. But he, uh, so for me, absolutely fantastic centre half. Um, knew you could very much, you couldn't really get past him. Uh, yeah. And David McDonald um, as well from Nairn. Um, he was voted in the Nairn's greatest 11 of all time. Oh, um, okay. But yeah, um, for me, under underrated player. Because um, okay. of the he came from the touch, mm-hmm. a lot of people mm-hmm. obviously won't really know much about him. But fantastic, um, very very similar to Scott Anderson. Um, okay, right. just 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 slower. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I remember one of the first games when I'm um, playing at Cove. He took the ball in the six yard box and did a Cruyff turn, <laughs> and I was just going, "What are you doing?" That got used to that after that. But yeah, yeah. Um, again, very similar to Scott. Read the game very well. Um, good in the uh, good in the air, good good tackler, but positional sense was fantastic. And again, being a good organizer, so him and Scott were very very similar in, t- in styles. Just okay. Scott was maybe that just that fraction quicker. Okay, <laughs> and you've got wing backs. Yeah, uh, Drapies. Um, uh-huh. Have to put him in there somewhere because uh, <laughs> I don't ever hear the bloody end of it. Um, you hear that squeaky voice just coming uh-huh. in the time. Um, I've been great. recommended to try and get him on at some point. Like. Ah, he's a good one. He'll be a good one. Just yeah. fun with Grapies. Um, so Grapies on the right and one back, and uh, Daddy Ewing on the left. Mm. There, um, Grapies had an engine. Um, it was it was when he was at the peak. I know he went on a good career at centre half as for us. But when he was um, when he was at one back, he was just so fit, um, so strong, athletic, a great tackler, brilliant in there. Um, he wasn't the tallest, but fantastic in there. Great timing, um, really, really good defender, um, and had an engine to get forward. The only thing that, that stopped Grapey was the ability to cross a ball. Okay. If he did cross a ball, he had to hear it all. Um, <laughs> every time he got near that 18-yard box, it just ended up outside for a goal kick. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, everyone else in his arsenal was fantastic. Brilliant, excellent player. And then Gary, you on the other side, came from Ross County to Nairn, and. Um, Slightly uh, not as physical, but more of a footballer. Aye, okay. Uh, very, very good on the ball. Um, very tricky. Plays a slightly more attacking type win back, and um, very, very good, good player. And he's crossing. Yeah, and he's crossable. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, in the middle three, uh, I've got three players who need a ball for themselves and uh, leave a ball for everyone else. I'm afraid. Um, Levi can't. can't can't have a team without Levi, um, John Scott as well, um, yeah. and Darry Farter. Um, Darry Farter, who had obviously when he was, when he was a youngster, was down at St Johnston, mm-hmm. um, and then had a career with Cali as a little bit as well, and ended up in there. Um, very, very good footballer. One of the best first touches of a footballer I've seen. Okay. Um, great awareness. Um, as he Darry used to say, you can't run faster than the ball. Was his was his saying. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wasn't the fittest lad in the, in the team, but he tended <laughs> to stay in that cent- that centre circle and just dictate play. Um, brilliant. Vision. Brilliant, brilliant player. And obviously Levi Levi had ever. Uh, Levi could pass, he did tackle, um, brilliant awareness. Um, just an all round perfect midfielder as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, and great great banner on the pitch. So uh-huh. that, that also helped. <laughs> that also helped. Um, and John Scott, uh, what a left foot. Uh, yeah. fantastic player. Um even if it was only one season and just left a mark, I mean just how good he was. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously he left he went back to uh, America. Back, 
Benita. So, yeah, absolutely fantastic player. Our 5-2 game where we played, uh, we beat Huntley 5-2. John yeah. Scott and Ryan in the middle beside Stephen Ratley. Oh, it was just, the three of them were brilliant. Ratley just sat there and just let the two of them play. Um, Ryan and John just dominated the game. It was one of the best midfield performances I've seen by the two of them. They were just absolutely fantastic. Okay. But yeah, John, all three, brilliant, brilliant awareness. Uh-huh. So who's getting the goals in? Um, unfortunately, that's the one thing that we didn't have a bucky. Um, right, that's the one thing that we struggled with. No offence to uh, Ryan or uh, Stuart Reid or Tomo, uh, mm. who played at some point. Um, but that's one thing that let us down a bucky, to be brutally honest, okay, was, yeah, was, uh, was a natural goal scorer. Uh, when you look at all our, our previous records, best defence, but also mm. mid-table, mid-table goal scorer. I think that's what cost us. Uh, yeah. That's what stopped us winning the Leeds. But, um, so, yeah, so I went for Ian Brooks uh, from there. Uh, was... Just a difficult, difficult player for everyone to play against. Um, he had pace. He was very athletic, brilliant in the air. Um, first touch like a brick wall, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> so second touch was a tackle, but apart uh, from that... Um, Brooksy, first time. Exactly, Brooksy was brilliant. Um, it gave defenders a nightmare of a time. If, when Brooksy was in form, he was unplayable. Um, brilliant, brilliant striker. Um, and then the other one would be the... Probably the best natural striker I've played with in the Highland League is Scott Kelleher. Uh, okay, obviously, right. the Cali uh, assistant manager now. He was, at Celtic, he was at Celtic as a youth and then came back and played for Nairn. Yeah, very natural instant. Knew where the goal was. Um, again, very similar to Gary Farker. Not not the best runners. <laughs> not the fittest of players when he was playing. Didn't run much. But um, knew where the goal was. Natural instant and just a really, really, really great finisher. Yeah. Who would uh, who'd skip on that side then? Oof, um Probably Scott or or, or uh, Scott Anderson. Probably yeah. I'm right. Scott with my top one, definitely. Okay. What about what about Gaffer? Well, um, I would have to say um, Alan and Billy. Okay. Yeah, and, Alan uh, Billy. If you if, if that team were in their prime altogether, where would they fit? Where would they be competing in the the current league system? You think? I, I had, if these boys were at their peaks, then you're talking about easily Scottish Championship. Think so? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Gorham, I've, keeping the mute anyway. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've always been a great believer. I mean, the best high league players, even now, Aye, yeah. uh, can still play a lead or two, even two leads. So look at um, Medicine was Medicine was asked to send for Pali. So I mean, the, these boys. I mean, the boys I'm talking about were, are not any worse than the likes of Medicine and people no. like that. So okay. um, yeah, for me, it's definitely Scottish Championship without a shadow of doubt. Brilliant, great team. Um, I just finish off with a few uh, quick fire questions. If that's okay, sure. Mike, just to round it off. Uh, so, just the first thing comes to mind. The first thing is one thing you would change about football to improve it. Get rid of our. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's a popularity. <laughs> it's doing my, doing my head off. Uh, okay, uh, who would you like to play you if they made a movie of your life? Oh God. Um, I like to play me. Jeez. Wow. Um, I'd be. A, I'd be lying. So there's no point. There's no point in lying about it. So why not? Let's just say somebody else. Um, <laughs> I was just say something like Tom Hardy, but that's just completely ridiculous. Um, <laughs> who played me? I don't know if you remember the guy who, who appeared on Pop Star Rittwaller. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's me nowadays. So I was looking at some of that uh, photos of you as a, a young boy at uh, Rangers. I thought maybe the boy played Spud. <laughs> <I'd> <laughs> the dyed the dyed blonde hair. I'd be happy with that. 
Uh, one other club you wish you could have played for? Oh, um, okay. Then that's that's the what if. So Liverpool, Liverpool. Okay. Um, from all those pro players that you trained and played with back in the day, pick a quick five aside team. Gorham, mm-hmm. Drop, mm-hmm. Glasgoyne, um, I'd probably say Danny Farker in there actually. Okay. And um, as a defender, I would have Scott Anderson it. There we go. Get them doing goals. Yep. <laughs> uh, if you could bottle just one moment of your career to relive, what would it be? Relive. I know. I don't think. I don't think I have one to be honest. James. No. The reason being, I don't. I don't. I don't think the. I would want to relive it. It's, yep. it's, it's being. It's gone. It is what it is. Um, put it down to put everything down to experience and life mm-hmm. and. That's for me is just it's a taste of it's been it's whatever's happened's happened and move on. Um, so I, I won't like to relive it. I'm just happy with what I've done, mm-hmm. happy with what I've been through. Not everything's been right, made mistakes, done good things. Right. So yeah, just there'd be nothing for me. It'd be just it is what it is. Right. And, be hard. Right. Move forward with it. <laughs> That's fair enough. Uh, very last question: Which other pro goalie, past or present, do you think was most like your style, attributes, and personality on the pitch? Present, um, probably I would say the most similar one to the way I played. I played would be someone like Joe Hart. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Joe Hart would be Good. probably the most similar. Brilliant. Well, Mike, thank you very much for uh, giving up your time. Uh, as I said, it's, it was fascinating no hearing about about your journey. Really enjoyed it, so thank you for coming on. No problem. Um, I could. You want me to tell you about Gaza just to finish off? Well, let's go on then. A Gaza <laughs> anecdote to round us off. I've got a couple of you to see. Go so for I it then. Fin- I can finish you off with uh, some slightly different stories. The, of Ga- what maybe. the Gaza section. The Gaza section. <laughs> yes. Um, don't even remember me. I mentioned him on my five-a-side team. He was. Mm. He was the one player that, even once all those legends, was just phenomenal. He's definitely the best player I've ever played with, and okay. I've got the I had the pleasure of playing with him numerous times in the, mm-hmm. the reserve team, and obviously watching him being on the bench and training with him as well. But right. oh, absolutely fantastic! Um, but some of the stuff was, ju- I mean, yep, he's got his demons and mm-hmm. all the rest of mm-hmm. it. But just what an incredible person! Okay. Uh, turning up and training, um, you had to turn up and train in shirt and tie. He turns up with a shirt and tie, but wearing waders and a fishing rod. He <laughs> could literally couldn't sleep. He, he had trouble sleeping, so he's ended up coming in straight from being in fishing the lock and literally got the shirt and tie on, but he's actually wearing the waders. <laughs> Just brilliant. He, he gave us, even gave us, um, the players, fishing players would give us boys their cars sometimes that we tend to look after them. Okay. Or Daza Davis, and at the time it was a bit expensive BMW with his own personalised number plate. I didn't drive it, the guy I lived with did. So I was like, right, okay, we've got his car, what are we going to do? He gave us our, his car for the weekend when they were away to uh, a way trip. So we're driving around the city centre of Glasgow, everyone's looking at this tinted windows, this powerful BMW, and it's a um, fantastic car. And everyone's going, that's Daza's car, that's Daza's car, and that's Daza type of thing. <laughs> and then. Um, Leaving Glasgow, going heading back to the the dens that we stayed in, we got stopped by the police. It turns out he phoned the police to tell him his car was stolen. <laughs> Doctor, he gave us his car and then he bloody reported us. 
<laughs> and we were like shitting ourselves with the police and but no um, we eventually phoned the button told him that it was only a joke that you gave us that you gave us the shot of the travel weekend but we were absolutely shitting ourselves for the weekend only he'd get away with that eh oh some of the stuff was brilliant and obviously I told you about the stylight um, mm-hmm. I heard you had like, uh, a really uh, like nice side to him as well I read a story about him buying uh, Gattuso's first suit for him <laughs> well, yeah, that's because, that's because he, he 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 brought his other one. All oh, right, okay. I never read that, but <laughs> it's his fault that he didn't have a suit because he, he okay. damaged it. Oh well, <laughs> he definitely tied it up. I think if I remember uh, correctly, it bit, was that bad. That bit wasn't in the story. <laughs> yeah, well, he actually tied it up, so he took him shopping in the, in the Italian centre of Glasgow to make up for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, he would put hair removal cream in the shampoo. Oh. Uh, <laughs> just stuff like that. And, um, uh, you had to be yeah. on your guard with him on the go. Oh, it was brutal. And then there was um, he, he would he actually ran home. He ran back from training once. Um, he left training early. He just ran off, and everyone was going, "Where's he gone?" And then they realised when he got back to the club, he, he ran back to take everyone's clothes and put them and hose them all down, and then tap them all up and all the first to play. And it's just like it's just like what's the guy is just mental. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, yeah, he, yeah. He, had, he had a heart of gold. I mean, I used to actually, he used to get me, the players had cards. Hmm. Well, cards. He used to, I used to be able to copy a signature. <laughs> so there's probably poor sods out there who actually got, instead of getting Daz's signature, I've actually got my signature. <laughs> and I used to sign them for him. They used to give you a pound every card. So he used to send me like 50 cards. Sign this for me, sign this for me. Uh-huh. So it was great. He was good like that. He was he was he was a good he was he was a generous man. Aye. He was a generous man, but yeah, had his demons. But yeah. just just you just didn't know what you were going to get one day to the next. Aye. But um, some some fantastic stories. Obviously, there was the ones that everyone knows the trout story, the, all that stuff as well. <laughs> but just just an amazing amazing man. Aye, so. Amazing. I'm sure we could probably uh, speak about Gaza and, and McCoy in that all night. Eh? Oh, there's so much, so much you can say, but there's so much you can't say. Ah, yeah, that's it. Eh? So much that I'm afraid has to remain. <laughs> Quite right. Uh, some things have to remain behind the dressing room door. Eh? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Mike, for that. that was, that's been fantastic. I really enjoyed that. Um, well, James, thank you for your time. Very much appreciate it. Really enjoyed talking to you. Um, it's good fun. Well, a huge thanks to Mike for coming on the podcast and delighting us with his tales of his footballing memories. A really enjoyable one, once again. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to Spotify or Apple and leave Beyond Canal Park podcast a five-star review and some feedback. It all helps greatly and it's great to see the support. Thanks for all your messages again over the last few weeks. I think I've managed to get back to everyone now. But feel free to look us up and follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter and keep bang up to date with everything that's going on with Beyond Canal Park Podcast. You can message us on there too. If you've just joined us this week, we are around 80 episodes deep, so if you like what you heard, there are plenty of episodes that will interest you in the back catalogue. So get on to your preferred podcast provider and fill your boots. Okay folks, that's your lot for now. I'll see you next week. Bye for now.